think that there is nothing wrong with uh, the reshuffle because, as we say, say, change is the only constant in nature. And indeed, the current or the, the crop of leaders who were reshuffled also came to replace others. But the bigger conversation really has been that what has been the level of consultation uh, which occasioned this particular move. The others have said that consultation really has never been um, an issue. The party is always taking the decision and informed members. But others have said that the personalities involved, the stature of the personalities involved, Haruna Idrisu, uh, Mubarak, Muntaka, they are so huge that you cannot just take a decision and get them informed. You must have a root and branch consultation, and that consultation should produce a reshuffle if indeed that is necessary. These are the sides of the matter we are dealing with, and the whole week, uh, uh, the NDC and these matters in Parliament uh, have been the, the matters really on the political front burner this week. We'll look at that and see what the precedents have been. Uh, are we evolving a practice? What really can happen? Indeed, the Council of Elders of the NDC on the screen and which you which i will read out to you pretty soon uh, i'll take a quick break return introduce my guest and then we'll get a discussion
want to start off by uh, giving us some updates on what has been happening so far. So, uh, the National Democratic Congress this week announced changes in the leadership of the minority in Parliament. As part of the changes, the minority leader, Haruna Idrisu, his deputy, James Kluche Aveji, and the chief whip, Muntaka Mubarak um, Mohammed, were replaced with the Jumaku Inyanisya member of Parliament, Kesiel uh, Atufosin, a member of Parliament for Elembele. Emmanuel Ama Kofibua and Kwame Agboja. The shakeup in the minority leadership has caused growing disquiet among NDC members of parliament as some appear unhappy with the decision. Several of the MPs, including MP for Bogatanga East, the Honorable Doc, Dr. Dominic Ayini, and Tamale Central MP Mutala Mohammed later described the leadership changes as undemocratic and deeply worrying after they claimed they were not consulted prior to the change. Some 60 of the MPs signed a petition to reject the decision of the party. The members believe that the decision by the party is unfair and unpopular. Justifying the decision, the chairman of the NDC, Johnson Asidinkita, said the party's campaign message ahead of the 2024 elections will be heavy on the economy. Hence, the decision to reshuffle its leadership in parliament. There is more in the following report. On January 24, 2023, named the Ejumaku Enyan Esia Member of Parliament, Dr. Kezia Latoforsen, and the Member of Parliament for Alembele, Emmanuel Ama Kofibua, as Minority Leader and Deputy Minority Leader, respectively, to replace Haruna Idrisu and James Kluche Aveji. While Kwame Agboja also replaced Asawasi MP Muntaka Mubarak as the Minority Chief Whip, the shakeup in the minority leadership has caused growing disquiet among NDC members of parliament as some appear unhappy with the decision. It was guarded that about 60 members of the minority caucus signed a petition to appeal to the executives of the NDC to suspend the reshuffle for further engagement, while another 77 members of the caucus also signed a petition endorsing the current leadership. On Thursday, 
January 26, 2023, the new leadership of the caucus addressed the media with the minority leader, Dr. Kazia Latuforsen, assuring of his commitment to unite members of the caucus. I have held fruitful and positive conversation, in fact, frank conversation, with my senior brother, the Honorable Haruna Idrisu. I commended him for his admirable leadership and stewardship when he was granted the opportunity by a great to lead. It will, be, it will be my duty to represent our collective, our collective goals in particular, with an unwavering dedication and most importantly, with high integrity. I have no doubt that with the support of the entire minority caucus in Parliament, we shall succeed. May the God Almighty guide us and bless us all. But let me also add that our first responsibility is to unite the caucus, and that will be number one Good morning. on the agenda. He also outlined three key areas that yes, the caucus would focus on for the next one month in the discharge of its duties in Parliament. Most importantly, I will focus the next month. I will focus the next month to tackle three things. First, I wish to first of all send a message to the MPP that the people of Ghana are calling on them to downsize their government, to reflect the mood of the country. You are asking people to forgo their coupons or interest, asking the ordinary Ghanaian to sacrifice his payout. And so therefore, if His Excellency the President intends to reshuffle his government, let it be known that we in the NDC will not accept an attempt to increase the size of government. And if the current size of his ministers increase by one, that one person may not receive our cooperation. And in the end, we also wish to assure the people of Ghana that as part of our engagement with the Finance Committee and the Health Committee, we have agreed to do public hearing on the audit of the COVID-19 expenditure, public hearing beginning on the 7th of February 2023. At that point, we will pay due diligence to the duties given to us as the people of Ghana. And then finally, finally, we will also embark on a roadshow where we will galvanize the people of Ghana and educate them on the meaning of what this economic crisis is going to take us through. But to conclude on this matter, I will appeal to the rank and file of our great NDC party to keep calm. Members of parliament are in good hands. We will work with them with due diligence. Obviously, obviously, we are not new in this house. I've been in this house for 14 years. I know the capabilities of all our colleagues. Some I met, some came to meet me. I have worked closely with most of our colleagues, 
and I can assure you that together we shall succeed. Later, the newly appointed leaders of the Minority Caucus in Parliament paid a curtsy call on the national executives of the NDC at its headquarters at Adabraka in Accra. They have also recognized that the work that they've given to us will require dedication and obviously a lot more than just sitting there. So we have said that we will deliver on just that. And then obviously we have agreed with the leadership of our party that beginning from today there will be a series of activities that we will be undertaking. The minority caucus will have a maiden meeting with, this, with our leadership and the party leadership on Tuesday 31st of January 2023. It is our hope that on that meeting we resolve all our standing concerns. And we also wish to assure our former leaders that this leadership will work with them in good faith. And we know obviously that the Honorable Harriness leadership chopped a lot of sources and we recognize that all of us a product under his leadership. Honorable Muntaka is a stalwart and we in this leadership will often defer to them as long as decisions are concerned and to seek their input before final decisions will be made. We appreciate that uh, the work ahead is going to require a lot of input coming from them. And of course, they understand that as, an, as a wing of the party, they need to work very closely with the uh, leadership of the party to ensure that we can deliver the aspirations of our people, and especially being able to do what Ghana requires of us, which is to work towards uh, taking out of power the most abysmal, the most incompetent, the most corrupt government in the history of our country. And so we've had a beautiful conversation with them. Uh, we've also signaled to them that... Uh, we, early next week, uh, on Tuesday, we'll be having a broader conversation with the caucus as a whole. Uh, and uh, that conversation is one that uh, would uh, basically confirm the decisions that have been taken in terms of explaining uh, the way forward I mean, for us as a party and the best way to be able to make sure we deliver the mandate uh, that has been given to us. Uh, a mandate that will ensure uh, uh, the well-being of the people of Ghana come election uh, 2024. Meanwhile, some of the NDC MPs who signed a petition to reject the decision by the national executive of the party to reshuffle its leadership in parliament has petitioned the Council of Elders, National Executive Committee, and the leader of the party, John Dramani Mahama, to suspend the action. The disgruntled members believe the decision by the party is unfair and unpopular as no consultations were made. We are equally concerned that the letters that were issued were not the decision of the party. Our party as NDC has about four decision-making uh, groups. First, the Congress, where all delegates meet to take decisions. Second is the National Executive Committee, that's NEC. And then third is the Functional Executive Committee. 
it is when this group take decision, then you get the general secretary and the principal officers implement. Then we also have the council of elders, even though our constitution says that they are advisory, sometimes periodically they also uh, give directions and then the party tries to implement. We are firm because I serve as on FEC, I serve on NEC, I go to Council of Elders as an observer, and I'm also on the political committee as an observer. Congress, all of us as members of parliament, are members of Congress. And the minority leader is also on this, all these levels. At no such meeting was there any agenda to discuss this. So it is clear that it is a letter, yes, written by the General Secretary, but the decision may be just the decision. Our plea is that when this petition gets to the Council of Elders, we hope that they will help fast track a reconciliation and a meeting that will help us resolve all this before Parliament resumes so that we don't have to saddle ourselves with this controversy. When MPP is really messing up completely, there are so many issues that we need to uh, be focusing, which is not the time for us to be focusing in the internal division among us. And I don't think that's healthy for us at all. One or two things we did not do. So I just want to add our colleagues that they shouldn't be in a hurry. If this caucus really wants to have a change and have them as leaders, they can count on our support. The Member of Parliament for Zabila in the Upper East Region says until Parliament is officially notified of the reshuffle, the position of the old leadership remains. Is this when the Speaker reads the letter to Parliament, the letter he has received from the Secretary of the Party that uh, indicating the reshuffle, it is when that letter is read to members of the House that it can take effect. As of now, we have already said we are not there, so as far as we are concerned, the current uh, leaders of the House, Honorable Hadnay, Jusumutaka and Co, are deemed to still be in office. Now, the purpose of this press conference, as I've indicated, is to try to maintain cohesion in the party, is to try to ensure that we remain as a body, that we still are an appealing group to the Ghanaian populace, and that they should trust us for December 2024. So our petition is going to the Council of Elders of the NDC. We are petitioning the Council of Elders of the NDC with a copy to the National Executive, uh, with a copy to the Speaker of Parliament, and a copy of the said uh, petition to the former flag bearer, Honorable John Ramadan Mahama. His Excellency. His Excellency, <coughs> John Ramadan Mahama. The basis for our petition is a prayer to suspend the reshuffle indicated by the National Executive of the Party until such time the General Secretary. Uh, signed by the General Secretary of the Party, the petition signed by the General Secretary of the Party. The basis of our petition is to appeal to them to suspend the suspension exercise until such time that there is a holistic meeting of stakeholders and consultation before we take a decision. We are saying so against the backdrop that the National Executive Committee of the Party a few weeks ago, decided that all appointees in the party and in parliament should remain in office until after we have concluded the parliamentary primaries and the flag bearer primaries on the 13th of May uh, uh, this year. That all office holders and appointees should remain in office until the primaries are over. 
we are therefore surprised that the primaries are not yet taking place, they are yet over, and a reshuffle is hitting the caucus of parliament. We think that that is premature. So the newly appointed leaders of the minority caucus in parliament also ended their rounds with a visit to the residence of the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagben at Oyarifa, in the Greater Accra region. Leading the engagement the whole day, and uh, as part of this engagement, we visited the Speaker's residence. Again, just a, a courtesy call. I have to say that we were warmly received. Also, have benefited from his wise counsel, and so we are very encouraged by it. Uh, we thank him for that. Thank you very much. What was his message to you? Well, you know, our priority right now is to make sure that we unite our caucus. That's our number one priority. And that is so important to us. Of course, you cannot lead when your crowd, your, your, your people are not united. And that's our singular focus. And we are confident. All right, so you, um, you heard and saw um, the quite a comprehensive uh, report there, um, ending with the Honorable Emmanuel Amakofibua. Uh, now deputy majority minority leader of the uh, of Ghana's parliament um, i don't even know whether to say now but of course once the decision has been made that's that's who he is and a few others um, they've done a lot of consultation i mean they've met people i don't know whether to call that again consultation but they're going to meet key personalities of the party met the national executive i uh, went to the speaker's house and a few other places uh, before that he the minority leader held a press conference where he outdoored himself and said a few things about what his priorities would be in the next few months. First, he said was to unite the front and then take the fight to the MPP, who are the bigger uh, opponent, he says. All right, so to help us uh, dissect these issues, uh, the Honorable Mahama Yariga, Member of Parliament for Boku Central, the Honorable George Lowe, former MP North Dai, uh, Larry Alas Dobe, Editor, Herald Newspaper, Dr. Rashid Draman, Executive Director, Africa Center for Parliamentary Affairs, and then Franklin Kuju, President Imani Africa. Gentlemen, once again, you're welcome to the program. So, so I mean, uh, earlier in the week, we, we just woke up to the announcement that um, the Haruna-led uh, minority leadership has been um, reshuffled to be replaced by the Atufosin-led leadership. It was quite an interesting one. Uh, a lot of people saw it coming. Some also did not. Um, let me start off with you, uh, Mahama Ayariga. You, you are in Parliament. Um, how did you get to hear this, and did it surprise you that the reshuffle occurred in the manner it did? Um, good morning to you immediately here, <laughs> and to those out there <laughs> listening to us and, and viewing on uh, television. Um, it's it's a privilege to, to share this platform with my colleagues, and I appreciate it. We were in Bissau, in Guinea-Bissau, uh, where there is an ongoing session of the ECOWAS Parliament. And so my colleagues, members of the delegation from Ghana, uh, went for the session. For the session did not even start. It was preceded by a seminar. So in the seminar when I got the news, and then immediately I started hearing the, the reactions. And I told my colleagues there that, ah, there's trouble back home. Oh. So <laughs> I cannot do this seminar. I cannot attend this session. So I immediately just 
called the airline and fortunately there was uh, an available seat and so I just drove. My colleague joined me, uh, Honorable uh, Samson Ahi. He joined me and we just went straight to the airport. We boarded the flight and got in here uh, in the middle of the night because there was a delay in Abidjan. But on my way, I had started calling my colleagues. I had spoken to the Honorable uh, Montaka. I had reached out to uh, our leader, Honorable Haruna. I had called Atuforsen. I had called Boa. Boa was in the U.S. and said he was also taken off and would arrive um, yesterday, I think, in the morning. Was it the day for yesterday in the mm. morning? So we were calling each other and trying to see how we manage the, the reactions. So if you ask me where I had, I had it was I was in Guinea-Bissau. And then I cashed out my visit there and uh, my assignment there and came back so that we can all be part of a process of managing the situation in which we have found ourselves. So, so are you part of the, the team uh, who petitioned the National Council of Elders? Quite a number of you. I, I'm not sure I saw your name in there, but you are here. So, no, my, are, name, are, my name is there. Your name is there. My name is there mm -hmm. among uh, the list that uh, petitioned mm -hmm. the National uh, the, the Council of Elders. Mm -hmm. My name is, is, is there. But I believe that uh, those whose names are there are not necessarily against mm. the decision of the national executive. We all joined the rank and file of the party to elect them as our leaders. And so I believe that the last thing that we will want to do is to undermine their authority and their capacity to lead the party to, to, to victory. I believe that the objective is to provoke a conversation mm -hmm. such as what we are having now. And I'm glad to mention that, I don't know if you have come, it has come to your notice. This morning, the chairman of the Council of Elders of the party Al-Haji Mahama Idrisu mm -hmm. has issued a statement mm -hmm. asking everybody in the party mm -hmm. to cease fire because the National Executive and the Council of Elders mm -hmm. in particular have been seized with the issues raised by some members of the caucus mm -hmm. and that going to go into the matter. So all of us should refrain from the media exchanges that have uh, taken place. So yes, my name is, is listed among those who have raised this issue. So you said you, you are not against the decision of the national executive, but once you're petitioning somebody against a decision that has been taken, it clearly means that you have misgivings about that decision. Here you are saying you don't have a problem with the decision. What, what then, why then did you petition? What, what was the content or what is the objective of that petition there? The petitioners essentially are raising a number of issues. As a lawyer, uh, I believe that those issues really lack some clarity. Mm. Why do I say so? Which issue? The, the, the issue that petitions the are raising. Petition is raising fundamentally mm -hmm. a question of consultation, mm -hmm. essentially. Mm. But they are not saying we are against uh, uh, Atufos and we don't like uh, Boa 
uh, what do you call it, uh, Abuja is not capable of doing the job. They are simply saying, oh, I mean, we thought that uh, in a matter like this about our welfare, you would have engaged us also. You would have engaged us also. Mm -hmm. They are saying that they haven't been consulted. I was not on the ground. I was outside the country. Uh, and my colleagues are saying we haven't been consulted. Yes, and it's true that the wider caucus has not been consulted. And they believe that in a democratic setup like ours, mm. a matter as fundamental as that, uh, they should have been given some hearing also. That basically is what mm -hmm. they are saying. They are not questioning the competence and capacity of our colleagues who have been asked mm -hmm. to, to lead us. But as a lawyer, I mean, I know that there's no clarity in the matter that we are demanding because there's really nowhere in our constitution mm -hmm. or in our standing rules order. or standing order in which it has been indicated mm -hmm. that when the party is going to designate leaders, it must consult mm -hmm. members of its cause. It's, there's nowhere. But also, we have some precedent in which the party has consulted mm -hmm. members of the caucus. In the recent you know, process of selecting the leaders, the party you know, consulted members of the caucus. Ultimately, the decision was for the party to take, mm -hmm. but it did consult members of the caucus. But I've also been in parliament in the past when the party really did not consult mm -hmm. the members of the caucus. Mm -hmm. All the party did was to say, well, you are going to, uh, parliament is, is, is being convened tomorrow, let's meet tonight. Mm -hmm. Or let's meet tomorrow morning before you go to the chamber. Then you assemble and they say, well, we've looked around and we have decided that X, Y, Z will lead you. Mm -hmm. And very often once they declare, nobody challenges. We say, well, the party has decided that you will lead us. We follow. So these have tended to be after general elections. Mm -hmm. Okay? When there is a general election after that, you know, two things, two things occasion that. One is that you've lost an election and you are going to opposition Mm -hmm. And then you have the old people who are leadership. Sometimes some people haven't contested or they've lost their seats, okay? And there mm -hmm. are some vacancies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some people who are very good but were in the executive yeah. have come into parliament. Mm -hmm. And so there's a need to decide who should lead. And, and so that happens. Sometimes you are in opposition and then you win power. When you win power, many people who are sitting in the front bench are you know, aiming at getting to some ministries. Yeah. So even if you offered it to them, they won't accept because mm -hmm. they are lobbying to be ministers. ministers. So again, there is a need for a shake-up mm -hmm. in terms of the front bench. And then also, when you are in office, you find out that, okay, the character of the person you need to defend government position, government policy, will be different. You are in opposition, the character of the, the leadership that you need to attack mm -hmm. and then get you to power you know, would be different. Mm -hmm. And so you have to make that judgment 
So, so we are used to changing leadership after elections, in between elections, and the formation of new governments and new parliaments. And it has often been consultative in relation to the members of parliament, but it has also often been unconsultative. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's precedent either way. When there's a change in you know, government and in, in parliaments, but we don't have, and I said this on a different uh, media platform, we don't have a precedent relating to the change of a leader in the middle of the term when we're in opposition. Both MPP and this. There's no record in the middle of the term of a leader that he has been changed. Some members of the bench may be changed in the middle of the term of an opposition front bench. Mm. Okay? As it happened in the MPP, if you recall. Natoshi. Yes, Natoshi and Co. And then. Dambuchi, I think. Dambuchi and etc. But the leader, and sometimes even the deputy, the deputy, I think there was one instance, but that one, I think they were even in government, when the Tema uh, MP, who was a deputy majority leader, you know, I think it was, is it Abraham or say? Abraham, Abraham, Abraham yes. Yeah. I think he was a majority leader at the time. Was a majority leader. He was majority leader, yes. But they were in government. Yeah. Yes. yes. They were in government. Yeah. Uh -huh. We have precedent of changing whilst in government. But we don't have precedent, you know, whilst in opposition, both majority and what, minority. Why is it so? Well, that is the point. Mm -hmm. Because there's no precedent and the rules are not clear. Why do I say the rules are not clear? Our standing orders, and he is privy to the content of our standing orders, simply says that the majority leader is the person designated by the by party. The party. Mm. And then it also says that the minority leader is the person designated by the, by the party. So perhaps you have to go into the party constitution to see whether the party constitution has made provision for an internal mechanism for designating. Mm. And again, you go there, you are all silent. Mm. And you get in the situation. So, this, so this, is this is clearly a novel situation. Okay? But then, members of parliament, including myself, we feel that, well, yeah, it's novel, but we are human beings, we have feelings, and if it comes to that kind of situation, it will be good if you uh, at least consult us. So, so, so it's matter. an emotive, you know, it's an emotive situation rather than it rather being than something that is founded in law, yes, or even in a really clear precedent. You get the, mm. the situation, and then also, well, so, so I mean, in normal parlance, yes. then the, the, you, do have, you have no point really in petitioning the, the council of elders because. You know, you stand on nothing really. It's, it's purely emotions. We don't stand on any firm legal basis. Mm. I have to be frank. But you stand on my emotional name, basis. Yeah, Given all the things we've yes, seen. Yes, and, and, and justifiably so because mm. we're dealing with human beings. We're dealing with careers. Yeah. Mm. Okay? How will people perceive our leader, Haruna Idrisu? How will people perceive our chief whip? Honorable Muntaka. These are people that we've worked with, in my case, for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. 
okay? And to wake up one early morning and then to hear that they have been removed, I will be sympathetic. It's not because we are against Atu Fosun. It's not because we are against Boa. Boa is a very close friend of mine and Atu Fosun has been a very close friend and I've been one of those guiding him and etc. So I don't have a problem with Atu. I don't doubt the capacity of any of us to step into leadership and be followed by the rest of us. But I'm concerned about how do you manage a colleague under the circumstances, you know? And so that is why we do what we are doing. Mm. The second thing also is that, yes, it has happened. And then I realized also that after it happened, we are all not managing it well. Mm. Okay? Why do I say we are all not managing it well? Those of us who are challenging, I don't believe that press conferences and others are the proper forum for challenging your party because party discipline is so important. Party cohesiveness is so important. And signaling by your conduct to the rank and file is so important. And then also, I feel that our leaders who have done this have also taken some missteps. That is the national chairman and the general secretary. Mm. Because, yeah, there was noise among our colleagues. There was rumor of petitions. Some of the petitions were actually on our platform. Really. There's no, if you go and look for a hard copy of a petition signed by <laughs> by 70 mm -hmm. uh, members of parliament you won't find a hard copy yeah. mm. you understand people are just indicating their names in solidarity but it was on our platform nobody really put it out there some people secretly I've seen multiple you know, names exactly <laughs> you know you see a name and later on it is removed <laughs> and that kind of thing so it was only on our platform that we were protesting it hadn't really gone, gone out. And but others appeared on uh, TV. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. Yes, yes, yes I'm mm. coming. So that's it. So those who, you know, jumped the step, went yeah, out. Including the few ones on TV. On, on, you know, we'll, we'll, on, come, on to, TV, we'll come to that in what? Yes, on TV and radio and etc. Some of us have our reservations about that conduct also. But at the same time, we also have reservations about our national chairman also going on that tangent. I believe that our national chairman should have spoken to us first. But you guys are on recess. Oh, and, and like people where, like wherever, you, wherever, wherever we are, if mm. he calls us and says, hey, guys, I want to see you here at this time, those who are there will come. Uh, and then and that'll be representative whatever, of everybody. whatever communication you guys will hear. to those who are there, the rest of us will hear. So I don't believe that his first line of action should have been to be speaking to the country. But, but, but to be fair, Honorable, to, 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 to be fair, I think we got to hear about this because of, should I call it the leaks? There were letters sent to, the one I saw first was the one to Abedi, Kuklucha Abedi. We saw that letter leak, we saw the leak, and we saw the one to the speaker. So officially, I'm not sure that the party wrote to the media or to the public to say that these are the changes. So I'm sure because of how it happened, once those letters were in the public domain, somebody then had to speak to them. You know, yes. so yes. media went to him, and then yes. he had to speak. Yes. So I'm sure that's how come he spoke to the media yes. before speaking or meeting 
uh, the, the, the entirety of the caucus. Yes, the sequencing of the communication. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the people have to be notified first. After speaking to them, maybe in this case, I hear it's novel to 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 send a letter, but they did that. If they had just spoken to them on phone, as the practice has been, I hear, I'm not sure there will be letters in the public domain that would have caused all of this. Maybe they wanted to formalize it, and so they sent letters. Yes, I, I, I appreciate that. And that is part of the grievance mm -hmm. of some of the MPs. The grievance of some of the MPs is that some of our colleagues even got to know about their removal mm -hmm. and the very embarrassing circumstances. Take Avaji. I'm told that he was in the middle of a conference in Southern Africa. And in the middle of the presentation, he received a message. We are no longer deputy leader. So, really? Yes. I mean, I, I get the situation. Mm -hmm. So uh, the communication and how it went well, is still is an issue for some of the MPs, not because they are against the decision. Mm -hmm. They are against the way it, was it has happened. But, but is it, so is it a case? But, but you see, ideally, mm -hmm. normally, normally, in the past where the party has someone else to tell us. They will normally tell us just before we go into the chamber. Mm. Or even the day before we go into the chamber, they will call us and say, look, you are going to the chamber tomorrow. These are going to be your leaders. Or you are going to the chamber today. These are going to be your leaders. And then we we'll walk behind them into the chamber. Mm. Listen, I believe that there was some good intention in terms of the dates mm -hmm. of the letters. Mm -hmm. Because Parliament was supposed to be resumed on the 24th. Mm -hmm. The letters are dated 23rd. Oh, I see. Uh, are you getting the situation? Okay, so, so it wasn't actually going to be very different from the past. Only that this time there's a letter. I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't have concrete evidence oh, okay. beyond okay. just the okay. coincidence of the mm -hmm. dates. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And then, somehow, mm -hmm. the speaker issued his summons and made it the 7th. Oh, I see. Are you getting the, mm -hmm, the situation? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So perhaps they had intended to orchestrate it in such a way that just before we go, they communicate to like the way it's the always been done, and mm -hmm. then they communicate to us. But that didn't happen. Mm. So naturally, people mm. felt peeved about it. I see. And so that happened. The same way also that some of us are not happy about the way our new leaders conducted themselves, which oh. is to speak to the media first before speaking to the people that they are going to lead. Mm. So those who went out to protest in the media, I thought, were wrong. The national executive, in speaking to the media first, even before speaking to their MPs who are primarily affected, mm -hmm. I believe wasn't the best of judgments. But then also, the new leadership not keeping cool and first approaching their colleagues but, but to Muntaka, galvanize them. Muntaka Is that okay? Muntaka talked about a Tufosun's meeting with Haruna, which wasn't, in his words, fruitful. Mm -hmm. Of course, Atufosun said he had spoken with um, Haruna. Yeah. They've had, they had a fruitful conversation. Yeah. They said it was a frank conversation. Yeah. And, and by, by the word frank, I, I could imagine what... what what was happening in that conversation? So there, there was some talk yeah, between Muntaka the two. Came and that. Mm -hmm. Muntaka said they might have ever spoken, but he's not sure it's anything fruitful. Well, the point is, what happened between Atufosun and Haruna? I believe 
I don't want us to discuss. And I even think that as a caucus, we shouldn't discuss. So, Atufosin, that's why I said talking to the media by Atufosin and the newly elevated leaders was the wrong move. But, but, but given but the storm, also, given yes. the storm outside, yes. you know, it was important for him to come and, and say that, yes, there, there are issues. My focus now will be to unite the, the caucus and then take the fight to the MPP. He had to do that. He, he necessarily had to do that show of leadership. And before he did that, indeed, he made us aware, and which is really the case, that he spoke to the, 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 his predecessors. He spoke to Haruna, whether it was fruitful or not. He, they had a conversation. And, and, and I don't think, and maybe yeah, he had yeah. wind that yeah. the, the, the opposers newly, were going to speak later in the yeah, afternoon. The newly, and he had to the, speak. The newly elevated leaders have up to 7th of January to speak. Mm. The most important date, so far as I'm concerned, yes, is the 7th mm. of February. The day you come and the speaker announces you as a new leadership and you sit in front of us with the support of your entire purpose. Mm. For me, that is the most important date. Not what you say today, mm. not what you say tomorrow, you, you understand? Yes. That's why I take a position that everybody has, you know, uh, taken some steps that have not helped. Mm. But the most important step now is what the Council of Elders of the party have called for, mm. that all of you should keep quiet. We as Council of Elders are seized with the matter. We will meet you. We will resolve it. Mm. And then the party... Let, let me read that Council of um, Elders statement so to the hearing of, of, of everybody. So, 28th, so that this was issued this morning, 28th January, 28th January 2023, press statement by the NDC Council of Elders on the recent changes in NDC parliamentary caucus leadership. The Council of Elders of the NDC acknowledges receipt of a petition from some members of the NDC parliamentary caucus regarding recent appointments to leadership positions. Uh, the council has initiated steps to act expeditiously on the petition and related matters. While this process is underway, the council urges our honorable members of parliament, party leadership at all levels, and all concerned persons to refrain from further public pronouncements on the matter in the larger interest of our great NDC. This is a time to be circumspect in order not to play into the hands of our detractors. The council assures the rank and file of the party of an early and principled resolution, principled resolution of the issues, and ultimately the NDC will emerge stronger and more united. We urge all members of the NDC to rededicate themselves to working for victory in the presidential and parliamentary elections of 2024 to alleviate the suffering of the Ghanaian people, signed by Alaji Mahama Idrisu, chairman you know, of, the, of the council. I'll take a short break, but just to hear from you quickly, uh, consultation, as Honorable George Lou, the, the matter really is that there is no clear-cut way of dealing with this. Uh, in some cases, consultations have happened. Other cases, consultations haven't happened. The matter now is that you didn't consult us. What, what I would, let, okay, I have to take a break, sorry. So I'll come back to you deal with that. I, I, I take a short break. Um, we'll return, we'll come to the Honorable George Lou for his views on the matter. This is a big issue. Uh, on 97.3 City FM, we are dealing with the matters of the NDC Parliamentary Caucus. I mean, the change in leadership that is causing a huge ruckus amongst uh, that caucus and threatening 
to engulf the whole party. Uh, we'll be right back. My guests are Franklin Kujo, who hasn't spoken yet, Mahama Yariga, who has taken the whole time because he's in Parliament and he's addressed a lot of the issues, Honorable George Lowe, uh, Jerry, uh, Larry Alandogbe, and Dr. Rashid Draman, Executive Director of Africa Center for Parliamentary Affairs. We'll be right back. Everything must change. Everything must change. is forever. Get ready for seven exciting days of adventure through 13 incredible regions of Ghana with the promise of a rich cultural experience, introspective historical visitations, and exhilarating filled days with nature. Prepare for seven amazing days of a road trip filled with the sights, sounds, and the aura of a diversified people. This is City 97. This is um, the big issue. We're dealing with the matters of the NDC parliamentary leadership uh, turmoil. We're asking whether it's a legitimate change or an undemocratic one. Earlier in the week, the national executive of the NDC, led by Asir Nketiah and Fifi Kwete, uh, put out some information, at least to the affected persons, that they were reshuffled or they have been reshuffled. Haruna Idrisu to be replaced by Ato Forsin. Uh, James Crucial Abedi to be replaced by Emmanuel Amako Fibua, um, Muntakamubarak to be replaced by um, the Honorable Agboja. This was not well received by a section of the caucus and they have taken issues with it. Press conferences upon press conferences, petitioned the National Council of Elders of the party. The National Council has now responded this morning to say that they have received the petition and urged all of them to uh, be calm whilst they deal with the matter in an expeditious fashion, in a manner that is principled and early so that they can have uh, some peace in the party to take the fight to uh, their detractors or so that they are not, I mean, they take the fight to their detractors, the, the statement alluded. So um, we, I must also say that, um, so in, in the course of the show, we will have to go to the Africa Prosperity Dialogue at Pedro Asidas for TV, Radio will we'll continue at 11.20. So at 11.20, uh, radio, TV will we'll have to take that program whilst radio continues to 12 o'clock. All right, so um, I, 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 was, I was about coming to you, Honorable George Lowe. My guest, Franklin Kujo, Mahama Yarega, George Lowe, Lara Landogbe, and Dr. Rashid Draman. Consultation, they say, hasn't really occurred. But I also know from precedent that it, it, you know, it's not been very consultative. You are just told that these are your leaders, and then you go ahead. But in the case of 2017, I, I, I hear there was there was some consultation, perhaps because of the fact that the voter caucus, you know, had a lot of issue. They said they, they should be represented. They, they should be they should hold the minority leadership because of their numbers, etc. Eventually, Abeji was made a deputy minority leader. Perhaps also occasion that uh, um, consultation. I, I'm not sure. Consultation or not consultation, and what do you say about the decision of the national executive in, in this matter? Well, thank you, Salom, and uh, <coughs> once again, good morning to our Chinese viewers and uh, listeners. And of course, I've been seeing my senior mama in a while, so mm -hmm. I'm excited to be around here. I, I think that this whole issue of consultation or no consultation has been ably dealt with by my uh, learned senior and senior colleague, uh, Mama Yarida. And I thank him for being very frank and uh, straight to the point. Uh, he didn't massage the issues at all. Basic, and, and the base of all this is that, let's put everything in perspective. Uh -huh. You see, 
after every election cycle, leadership is changed. Either they are maintained or they are changed. When we are in power, in the middle, the change can occur. Reasons are very basic. If he were majority leader and were in power, the chances are that we have the avenue to reassign him to somewhere. Mm. So there are no hard feelings. I remember ben, uh, Dr. Ben Kumbo was majority leader. When Honorable Bagwin was brought back as majority leader, he was assigned Minister of Defense. But Honorable Babin was majority leader. leader. He was moved to yes. Works and Housing Ministry also. Yes. And, then, and then Ben Kumbo or somebody came to take over. And then so, Babin so came basically, back. So basically, those things you can do when you are in power. So when you are in power, it's not a big deal, mm. per se, to do it mid-term. Now, the challenge here is that when we are done four years, mm -hmm. And we were supposed to either confirm our leaders or make changes. What happened was that then we went to court uh -huh. in 2017, uh -huh. and there were issues. 2020. 2020, there were issues. Uh -huh. So, but I remember even in 2017, before Honorable Haruna would take, uh -huh. that thing or that process we are calling consultation uh -huh. was not triggered by the fact that there was need for consultation. Mm. It was triggered, as you said, mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, lobbying because we knew that definitely new leaders would be chosen. Regions were jostling and many names came up for the leadership. Honorable Mahama Yariga will know that his name came up strongly. Mm -hmm. And it was all in the spirit of everybody trying to get their person or their, 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 their areas represented. Mm. But I do not see, and like you rightly said, when we exited Parliament on the 6th of January 2017, uh, uh, as at that time, until that, there were only speculations that it either was going to be him or Honorable Haruna or even Honorable Abedi. Mm -hmm. Those three names made there. But it wasn't as a product of, say, pure set-out consultation. We discussed it at, at length. We were in the, the house and we would... Who each other and say that Charlie is this going was to be before you left. Yes, is Charlie is likely to be Mahama. Then somebody said, No, no, I'm sure they'll give it to Haruna. Those are things that were internal things that we did. Mm. But when, it, the, like he said, once you are able, about to assume, so because they are sure they will give it to uh -huh. Mahama. So, everybody so the, day, the day becomes the day, critical. Yes, so at the closer day, when you march in, mm -hmm. your leadership are in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And once they get there, you know that it is your minority leader. Mm -hmm. This is this, this is that, this is that, that is that. So, but, but mo moving forward, moving forward, I'm moving, saying that yes. this particular one, mm -hmm. if they had done it 2021, 7th January, mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been any problem. Issue. It's an issue now because time has lapsed and people have assumed. And the, the circumstances of the time, the too, because good, of the speakership good, and all of and that. And all that. So, you see, so we are not in normal times. Mm. The new crop of leaders that have been brought, or the new appointments that have been made mm. by the new National Executive Committee, that also, for me, was not a surprise. Mm. I mean, General Kito came to sit in. On, on TV mm -hmm. in your studios and said that oh very soon we'll be having leaders possibly before they come mm -hmm. back from recess so he had already mm -hmm. signaled that yeah and names had popped up yes names mm -hmm. had popped up mm -hmm. 
you know, names had popped up. We, uh, we knew that Govins was going to be cheap. I knew it two weeks before time. I mean, it's been the process. Because I mean, Govins told you? No, he didn't mm. even tell me. Mm. But you see, we are in a party, and, and having reached a certain level of the party, you interact, you, you get information. Mm. To be very frank, the only thing I didn't wasn't sure about was whether Honorable Haruna was going to exit or maintain. Mm. And even that, there were speculations, but it wasn't definite. Kahilo mm. was on the initial list. Yes, you see, this process started even way before 2020. Mm. To be very frank, I have had news, I have had conversations with people who got the inkling that certain things were going to happen. Mm. So, for me, the biggest um, thing that he has said that excites me about all this is he made a very important statement. He said, we want to provoke a discussion. A, a discussion. So, for me, that is the angle we should begin to look at these things. What discussion do we want to provoke? The discussion would be that, okay, how do we... Henceforth, this is how, how we, we, we elect our leaders. Yes. Or we choose our leaders. Are we still going to be there when National will just issue out a selection, a selected list? Or that this time we want the caucus to be consulted? Or at a certain level, the conversation should be broadened. Hmm. So that whoever we bring up, people possibly we all agree on. I don't think that it's a bad thing to provoke that kind of discussion. Hmm. And for me, I've always said something, and I think that we must begin to also look at that. I'm happy uh, Mama Ayala is here because he had chaired uh, substitutionary legislation. And things like that. Our constitution, our party constitution itself, may need to do for us to go and have such some kind of. The National Executive Committee should be given the opportunity not to only amend our constitution per se, but to have certain regulations governing certain aspects of our party administration. Re-engineering. It's not re-engineering. You see, <laughs> when it comes to parliamentary primaries, guidelines are issued. Mm. But those guidelines, they vary from time to time. And sometimes it creates some confusion in its implementation. There are many other things that the, in, in situations arise like that are reason. You go into your party constitution and you have no guidance. Mm. You go to possibly parliament and you go to the, the standing orders, it doesn't provide guidance. Mm. So, as a closer idea, we have to begin to look at our constitution carefully. And where we believe that we need some guidance some, the legal committee and others should look at it and make proposals. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why the, uh, the, the National Congress that we were supposed to uh, organize uh, should, should, should be triggered as quickly as we can mm. so that some of these things can be dealt with. This is a no matter at all because, look, I can give you, like you said, I can give you countless times when you only get to know your leadership because the party says so. Mm. And moreover, you know, on, on, particularly when you are in government or you are in opposition, you have, uh, you have been elected as a, a member of parliament and you are so excited about your new role, you are going to, uh, you are confident your people are watching you. Mm. You are not just at a time going to fight who is a leader, who is a leader. Mm. You've been told that Charlie, these are the people leading the pack, and then you follow them. I see. So, so, so clearly, we are not in normal times, but. It's also good mm. that 
and legitimate for members of parliament who feel you, you think that what has yes. happened on the MPP front, where members of parliament boldly called for the, the, the resignation or dismissal of Kenufurata, you know, gives some impetus or some force to other MPs to be able to call for what they were? Because this wouldn't have been an issue, perhaps. Yeah. But we saw how bold that MPP uh, um, caucus thing was against a person like Kenufurata. The way that thing was, mm. was or seemed to have been resolved. Mm. Is the same way. So you see, that's why I, I said that <laughs> the provocation of the discussion <laughs> is is the meat of the matter. I see. Because <laughs> the, uh, yeah, this is what come in yeah. there. I happen to be a student of constitutional law, yeah. and so uh, I always try to excite myself around some crucial constitutional questions. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I profess with my colleagues the need for consultation. I also recognize the limits of consultation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Do you understand? Yeah, perfect. The limits of consultation. Because it also begs the fundamental question of how does a party exercise control over its it, it's, impact? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it is to take decisions on the basis of their acceptance or rejection. Mm -hmm. How does it exercise good? good. Mm -hmm. Because they are sitting in the chamber and they have to vote. And consultation doesn't mean I'm necessarily taking what you say. Exactly. So they could decide one way, but the party will decide the other way. You've exactly. been consulted anyway. Exactly. But your view, yes. you know, your yes. view, the decision is not what you wanted. Yes. So how then do you deal with that? Exactly. So, so, so I can understand the current frame of our constitutional arrangement yeah. where party decides but how they decide is not too clear so that on a case by case basis so, so I think in this case they figure they, out how do yes. they so the timing and the, the personalities yes. involved yes the timing I and mean, the personalities yeah, involved we are all concerned because our colleagues uh, took a hit mm. and we did not like the way it was managed it was inflicted and we are standing by them on the basis of, of, of that yeah. and that's why I said the communication uh, hasn't been managed properly well, mm -hmm. uh, both on our side and also on the know, side of the executive on the, the side national of executive who did what mm -hmm. they have done mm -hmm. and that's why I will henceforth defer to what the national Council, Council elders I said. have said mm. that we will step in and manage mm. the situation. Very well. Larry, my, my colleague journalist, when you, when you hear all of this, you see all of these things happening, of course, for us, when they are holding press conferences, we are happy sure. because we get to see what's happening. So we don't really agree with this Council of Elders thing because we want to know what's happening. When you hear all of this, what, what comes to you? You have covered, you know, political parties for a long time, covered congresses, covered, you know, a lot of things. What, what do you think the problem is? Because we've established that if you're dealing with precedent, it's in that here or there because both, issue, both sides have, have had a bit of precedent. What, what is the situation? I think the point about the timing, 23rd, 24th, yeah. and, and the midterm and the personalities involved quite stand out to me. Okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, I think that uh, it goes, it's not about timing. Neither is it about consultation. Hmm. It's about lack of central control. 
<laughs> this is a central quadrant. I remember. Yeah. Okay. So it is. Mm -hmm. Because then I mama will tell you, or well, he could he could tell us as to whether or not this discussion mm. hadn't been on way back in twenty twenty one. Whether or not this list that we have is on the second or the third list. Mm. Okay? Whether or not Haruna hadn't been aware that, I mean, this at the point you were supposed to be leader, Atufosun was supposed to deputize him, and whether or not uh, Bua was not supposed to come in somewhere and play a leadership role, you know, along the line. So it has, it has been on for some time now. What and also before the Congress, I'm told that this change was supposed to happen. Mm. But either the, the chairman refused, the, that's how, uh, Ofu Ofu refused to sign. And then Asiedun Ketia also refused to sign. Because it was a difficult decision. That, and they didn't want to affect their chances. But who took the decision? Who took if, yes, who, who would have taken that decision? I was told that, okay, I'm told that it was taken at the party level mm. way back. So their failure to sign that particular document before even the Congress afforded people the opportunity to build alliances, build networks, and other things, mm. such that this moment was just a ticking time bomb. Mm. Again, see. I mean, uh, uh, Mama, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a meeting between one of the Ahoy brothers and then Muntaka and then Haruna? Where Haruna is supposed to have said that he's going for an election, or the party is going for parliamentary primaries and presidential primaries, mm. such that a change at this time could affect his fortunes uh, in Tamale South. I sit here and I feel that, I mean, unless of course Haruna has become quite unpopular, such that a change, you know, it's often he, uncontested. Is it? It's often gone unopposed. I mean, because, I mean he, he, he's quite, he has some clout mm -hmm. out there. And so whether Haruna is a leadership or not, Haruna should be able to sail through easily at the primaries. Mm. But what we, where we are now, calling uh, where a change had happened, and then, you know, one moment, uh, I mean, we can't make somebody, nobody somebody, non-entities, so and so. I mean, this whole thing being driven by emotions and so on and so forth. I think that it is just portraying the NDC as a very weak institution, as leaderless. As people who don't know, who let me see. As a leader and the person of well, Johnson, okay. I see he, he, he mentioned my name and asked me whether to confirm or deny certain uh, No, you you you, con you no, confirm. No, okay, so so do so so okay, so do yeah. confirm or deny. First and foremost, mm -hmm. I am unaware mm -hmm. of any such Okay, I get the point. Mm -hmm. Until something is officially communicated to me, mm -hmm. I want to presume that it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. you, you understand. The second thing is, like I started, I said, I'm somebody who tries as much as possible to be governed by the rules. Uh -huh. The rules don't say I should be consulted as a member of parliament. People have asked, there was their consultation. And I say, I don't know because I'm not entitled to be consulted. And so I don't know if there was consultation. But then, when somebody's reputation and image is involved, and if 
my welfare and the welfare of other MPs uh, are involved, I think that MPs have a case saying we should be consulted. Uh -huh. Now, his argument about consultation that could have taken place within the party and a certain leadership cannot be dismissed. Uh -huh. Because I was on another platform and I was asked, and I said, no member of the party at the national executive level has made a statement on the matter to deny consultation. Mm. Okay? And no member of the party has made a statement to confirm consultation. So let's not go there. Mm. Let's leave what happened at the national level at the national level. I'm sure at the right time they will speak. Haruna himself has performed excellently in this crisis. He hasn't spoken. But that, his silence is actually no, fooling no, a no, lot of no, things. No, 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 no. He has <laughs> actually spoken, uh, no, denying, spoken the, denying the social media, the social media yes. tweets that mm -hmm. were put out mm -hmm. there in his name. But cleverly avoided, no, you know, no, talking about no, it. No, 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 no. He hasn't spoken. Mm. And I believe that... Couldn't that be deliberate? No, no. I don't want to impute ill motives. But, but you don't think that Haruna holds the solution Precisely. at this time? To, if Haruna comes up to say, well, this is what the party leadership has, has said, we may like it, we may not like it, but they are our leaders, this is what it is. My support for Atu Forcing is, 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 is solid, it's uncontested. I support him, he's my colleague. We've done the Furata committee and things together. Atu, you have my support. Let's all rally behind him and let's take the fight to the elephant. You don't think this would have resolved everything? Well, if you listen to some of our colleagues, mm. you played Dominic Aine's voice. Mm. What did Dominic say? He said, it's not because I like Haruna, or I like Muntaka, or I hate Atu, and etc. I know the quality of the relationship between Atu and Dominic Aine. Mm. At the personal level, you get the situation. But he has consistently said he believes in the principle that MP should be consulted in any matter. But, but, but that's not founded in law. It's not founded in the it's rules. It's not. It's not. Indeed, indeed, even in 2017, uh. when we met for us to communicate, our leaders to us, I recall Dominic having strong objections on the basis of this principle. So he's been consistent about it. You were there. You, you were there. He raised objections on the basis of the principle. So he's been consistent over the years. Over a lack of consultation. Over the issue of MPs must be consulted. To the extent that, you know, Haruna some time ago when he went to the U.S., visited Congress and the Senate, and went to the U.K., visited House of Commons, when he came back, he developed some guidelines in which he thought we could, you know, structure a consultative process uh -huh. that resembles what happens in the UK and in the US to guide parliamentarians in the selection of their leaders. leaders. He did present that paper to the national executive, except that there's no evidence of it hasn't been formally adopted uh -huh. by the party. Hmm. So there's been work around how do you structure a consultation. But like I said, fundamentally, as a constitutional lawyer, I'm asking myself, if the consultative mechanism disables 
the leadership of the party mm. would they, would they, would to control they, yes. the caucus, mm. will they buy into it? Yeah. Does it agar well for the functioning of a democratic enterprise in which you have a parliamentary group sitting in parliament mm -hmm. and a party sitting somewhere, mm. and yet that parliamentary group must owe loyalty mm -hmm. to the party? Yeah. What tools and levers are you giving the party to be able to control the individuals mm -hmm. if the individual can accept a certain level of autonomy? I, I get the yes, point. So, so for me, these are fundamental constitutional issues. Whether Atu Ahoy, Uncle Atu Ahoy spoke to Haruna or not, it's an internal party matter that I'm not ready. I only mention Atu Ahoy. I mention Ahoy. You mention Atu Ahoy. No, no, no. So, 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 the Ahoy brothers. Yes. Well, yeah, but, and you have you specified the Ahoy brothers. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so, so this is an apathos. This is an apathos. What is Ahoy? Also spoke with anybody who had any situation. I don't know. Very well. You don't know. Very well. You don't know what transpired in, in the meeting. If it happened at all. It is fair to these personalities for us to mention their names. No, to the point where the denial had come. Yes, okay. So denial by who? Denial by Muntaka. That there has never been consultation. Indeed, in your your group, I'm coming. Wait, wait, wait. You see, I don't want to defend anybody. Yeah. If you notice, I've been struggling throughout to try for us to achieve some balance so. to enable the uh, the council of elders to be able to to, to work mm -hmm. but then factual matters are factual matters mm -hmm. you see uh, i will not say that muntaka has lied mm. because i believe when i listened to muntaka he was talking about being consulted in the decision to remove there's a difference between being consulted and being told to remove and being told, being told mm -hmm. that you have been removed. Mm -hmm. But how, how, how are you consulted so, a decision to remove? Because you remove it, or you say, you know, okay, don't remove me, or leave me here, mm -hmm. or let me go here. That is why I also said that a constitutional framework that gives the power of accepting removal mm -hmm. in the hands of the person to be removed mm -hmm. is likely to be a flawed constitutional yeah. arrangement, mm -hmm. and that is what I am struggling with. That. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you mm. have a party control its caucus mm. and yet deny them the capacity to hire and fire as a punitive measure for not following its yes, decisions? Well, you see, the, 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 the reasons given, for example... But by, then yet by, we by, want to provoke the discussion yes, but so to have an understanding. That, 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 that's fine. And, I, and I think that that's yes. one of the results we have yes. from this. The, the reasons given by the, uh, the national chairman f for... Being the, uh, the, the, the reshuffle is attributed to some reasons. That, for example, the 2024 election. You know, it didn't allow be, me to finish. But no, you, you, you spoke and no, you raised a number of issues. Because then he okay, so you, you quickly, let's just, yes. just quickly finish. So, I, I, my point is this that I don't think Arna has become so unpopular. Mm. Uh, so I think it must be clear that I'm in all the discussions, nobody has questioned the competence. Nobody has questioned the competence of any of the leaders so far. Foundation of that point. Yeah. That some Atu or some Kwesi uh, Ahoy or some Ahoy met him. I'm saying that move away from that because the conclusion of your debate is yeah. founded on that claim. Mm. And I'm saying that don't allege what you cannot publicly prove.
Mm. Road alleged that one at Ahoy met. No, the, the meeting uh, actually happened. So, so you talk about factual issues. So yeah, if the meeting happened, that would be a factual issue. No, 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 you can't prove that. So the meeting actually happened. I'm saying it all. Take these elderly people out of the... All right, so let's make progress. So, you know, you talk about a central... Yes. A central command of the party. The party has a leader. The national chairman is the leader of the party. So, in the absence of maybe, and he's made the announcement. So yes. we should just take it down. So, are you saying that the 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 power of this that central command, as we have it now, is not so forceful to to push through decisions without these misgivings we are seeing? You know, so we have um, City FM, City TV. Mm -hmm. You come under a company, mm -hmm. and you have uh, CEOs, board of directors, and mm -hmm. all that, and all that, and all that, and all that. What? Of your, when the, these leaders make a statement mm -hmm. saying that, oh, you can be on this particular program and that somebody else should come, let's mm -hmm. say Bernard Avler or Richard Sky or somebody should come, and you have a group of people coming out, challenging all that, and it portrays your institution, or you walk to a, you walk to a different media house and throwing all these things, calling cements uh, or whoever they appoint as a non-entity, the person can't do the show well, the person can't do this, the person can't do that, the person can't do that. It puts, it, it doesn't paint a very good picture of the organization you work for. So, so in this case, if the central command was working well, what should, what should have happened? You no. know, the decision you made, people are happy with the decision. Yeah. What should the central command do? These comments have come. What should the central command do? What should Sanction they do? them? Yeah, they, they could be sanctioned, for instance. In the midst of all these brouhaha, you, you yeah, impose sanctions? They, you know, normally what you build is that, hey, there's, when you go against party rules, mm. there's a sanction that applies. So what would be the role of former president, for example? I know he's still active because he, he, he may still want to become president. He should be that, you know, the, the central figure who is not elected, the, the central command, perhaps, the leader of the party you, elected you, by you the people. This question, but, but, but sometimes you have a, a, a central person who is leader, but his leadership is not voted, is, is not been voted for. So like former president, for example, he is huge. When he speaks, he goes far. What should be his role in this? The former we, president running is going to an yes. election. And so he will want to manage mm -hmm. you know, himself or his interaction with people quite well. Should he come out and say that, listen, I endorse what is happening? Where, I mean, how would the, the MPs who have petitioned uh, uh, the, 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 the Council of Elders see the former president? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Now, should he say, no, listen, uh, let's change, let's reverse the decision? How would, I said, and then the, the, the Fifi Cotes and so on, they will see their leadership mm -hmm. has been challenged. Yes. Let, let me, let me, okay. let, you see, let, 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 let me just speak. I'll frankly, yes. yes. Well, as we sit here, mm -hmm. uh, Asia Dungetia is the leader, leader of the party. Mm -hmm. So, like Mama Ayaga said, if Parliament had reconvened on the 24th, mm -hmm. we may be having a different conversation by now. Mm -hmm. But suffice it to say that very soon we will have a, the leader another leader of the party. Because mm -hmm. in May, we are going for presidential Congress. Congress. And whoever we elect becomes the leader mm -hmm. of the party. When he also comes, what will be the way forward? So in all this, like you say, I think that 
let's give the council of elders the space mm -hmm. to, to have to, a discussion to, to, to deal with it. Draw a roadmap. Very well. And I'm sure that with that, we will know exactly which. Let, let, let me go to Franklin. Fra Franklin has been here for some time. Hello, Franklin. Well, welcome to the program. Uh, from the civil society space, do you think this is healthy? Consultation, not consultation. The rules are not quite clear on that, or the rules don't actually talk about consulting the caucus that is affected. Honorable Ariga is saying that he believes this will trigger a discussion or a conversation on how to proceed with this, you know, uh, uh, moving forward. What was your thinking around all that is happening? I know you've worked with Haruna and a few others in the past, even Alto himself. You know, their competence is not in doubt. The matter for them is that they've not managed the process. Well, what's your thinking? Well, I think a very good morning, by the way, to my good friends in the studio and everybody watching and listening. Um, I think there are solid points on both sides. I, I, I tend to lean toward the point that there should have been uh, a lot of, should I say, consultations. Uh, the nature of the consultation, I suspect, is what we would all have to quibble over. And I think that's what uh, my good friend Yariga uh, has actually uh, put out there as to what the party should do going forward. If there must be some constitutional provisions to be made, then it should. But I, I also do know, in fact, uh, that there's been, uh, I mean, the parties involved, especially those who have been, uh, uh, have, have, for lack of a better word, taken off the, their seats, um, were quite in the know that at one point or the other, this was going to come. Uh, and so there are strong points on both sides. And I think this matter has to be put to bed by the leadership, uh, what's it called, the, what's it called, the Council of Elders who have just uh, stepped in right now. But from us, we think that uh, disagreements within parties are, are healthy. Uh, however, the, however, the disagreements are held or are done is also quite crucial. So we are doing the middle line. Mm -hmm. But I've got to admit that the, like I said in a statement uh, that I, I posted not long ago, I think change is not necessarily that bad. And, and in this specific instance, I think Honorable Haruna and uh, Muntaka and Abeji should be proud that they have, uh, uh, you know, shepherded uh, distinguishingly, by the way, uh, uh, some members of their own caucus that could now take up the mantle and then uh, go forward with it. I'm not entirely sure about the economic argument advanced by the chairman of the party because, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen the handiwork of uh, Haruna, in fact, Abuji and Muntaka, uh, uh, and I think they are pretty well versed in understanding economic issues. Probably better at explaining those economic phenomena than my good friend Ato himself. Um, so, I'm not entirely sure about uh, uh, leaving, the, I mean, making those strong arguments about the economy. Um, so let, let's leave it at that. I think the competence of these new gentlemen are not in doubt. And as I said, they will be standing on the giant shoulders of Haruna and uh, Muntaka uh, to push forward the, the agenda of the party. You see, there must be, NDC must be a viable alternative. And, and in that, in doing so, uh, they must be seen to be united. Uh, I think these are temporary blips, and I'm sure they'll get over it. Um, I'm not one to go into the whether there was subterfuge or <laughs> there was some coup and all of that. I'm looking at the grand picture. Uh, I think the gentlemen who were taking off uh, had, had done their due. 
and uh, and they understand that there must be change. They their problem is the nature of the of, of the announcements, and not necessarily the fact that there should be change. And as I said, these are men that are already big in their own rights, and they 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 already write for bigger rules, and 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 they shouldn't necessarily. Uh, help in rocking the very boat that they may need in the future if they are going for grander positions. Uh, the party should be seen as one that belongs to all, but not necessarily to a few. And so, yes, the leadership uh, in the National Council of Elders have been called upon, or have called upon uh, the rank and file to, 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 to stay the course of attrition, sorry, disagreement rather, and then do this matter. I mean, these things happen all the time. And so, um, I mean, that's, got, that's all I've got to say. I, the, I, I wish the, the, um, so for you, I mean, do you think this decision should be reversed or will be reversed? The call by the, the people we are hearing is that, you know, the decision should be suspended or it should be reversed. You think that this will be reversed or you think that the decision as we have it now will, will be what we have to work with? And what would be the consequence in each case? Reading, reading the the body language and indeed the statement that has been made by almost everybody involved, uh, I should read a sense of settlement and that the decision will stand. I think the because in the of fact, um, what is being called for, which is negotiations or conversations or discussions or consultations, would tend to lead to one thing. Uh, let's just allow this to, uh, to, to, to play out. Uh, we are sorry the way it was done. It wasn't done properly. And, but I do not, I do not really see the decision being reversed at all. I think that, the, I mean, the conversation now is about, uh, you know, massaging egos and making sure that the, the right things are done. And, and as Aaron, and as, uh, said, there must be, going forward, there should be, uh, Public provision that 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 will show how these things should be done. And, and, and so, I, I frankly I don't see the decision being reversed at all. So now I mean you, talk, you talked about massaging egos. Haruna is such a huge figure. I mean he's he's, he's developed that over the years, uh, and being minority leader became the icing on the cake. Very huge figure up north, and even someone who has a national appeal. Now he he may have to I mean he has to leave this position. I don't know if you become a backbencher or not, but how do you think that this can be dealt with so that the cracks as we see them now will not deepen, but will rather be healed and we will mend fences and then get a united opposition? What should be Harunet's role in all of this? And what should be Atul's role as well? Well, I think for Aruna, he becomes a minority leader emeritus, really, and, and he's just <laughs> <laughs> and his experience is, 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 it would be in huge demand. In fact, uh, in, in other countries, in other advanced countries, um, if he leaves parliament before he becomes uh, a presidential candidate, which I'm sure is nothing to be, he probably set up a consultancy and he'll be hugely paid on how to advise uh, transitions, right? So, look, huge emeritus, uh, political emeritus, he's, he's, he has this grandstanding. Naruna can, uh, I mean, it is a delight to listen to Aruna speak, and, and I'm sure he's a, he's a man of villa and, and will take this in his stride. But he must also be clear and probably help in uh, overturning the fortunes of the party in the northern region, not just the northern region, but the other regions of the north. 
of course, when I say northern regions, I mean all the other regions that have now been cannibalized into other other subsets, really, right? Because the fortunes of the party have been dwindling in the northern region, right? Well, Haruna has been doing quite well in the national in, in, in elections, but the party have been uh, fortunes has been doing. I don't know whether it's the persona of the of the, of the vice president who's uh, and because of that, the northern regions are coalescing around him as against Muhammad. But I think politically, he should become this store of knowledge, store of uh, value that he can unleash on the entire northern region and, and convince the blocks that essentially are turning towards the NPP right now and then see how best he can, you know, claw back a lot of that particular, um, uh, should I say, uh, 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 power. Now, that will do two things. It will, it will still bolster his uh, stature in the party as against as, as well as bolster his stature in the future, if he wants to run for the political office, the highest political office, so I, I think Haruna is this touring figure, and and as uh, my, my good friend Ariaga said, he's been calm and he's not said anything. That's a mark of a leader. But at the right time, I think even before the council of elders come to say whatever they want to say, um, I know uh, Haruna would come out and say, "Look, um, I've said my time." And I think uh, I, I want to be this leader and to be supportive of the new leadership. And the ultimate is winning power uh, against what, what currently is happening on the economic front. And we need to put our, our energies together. Um, for Arto, I think he needs to keep, keep, he needs to keep singing the tune of um, unity. And indeed, in his first statement, even though many people thought the statement was short, I asked myself, what more could he have said than what he said? That look, he's spoken to uh, Haruna, and 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 he has his support, and he he, he believes that Haruna and Co um, are going to be these fountains of knowledge that he would draw upon, and that the 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 the, the real focus is in capturing Kolokapa. I think he should just keep to that particular narrative. And um, as I said, I, I don't want to get into the emotive argument, but if I were making arguments scientifically, I think the northern question when it comes to the fortunes of the NDC must be addressed. As against the overwhelming support the NDC seems to be receiving in the central and western regions. And I think the party must have taken that decision as well. Uh, that we needed to consolidate those gains in those very regions. Very well. Honorable um, uh, uh, so what should, of course, Franklin is spoken, how should Atu position himself to avoid a situation where those, uh, those uh, uh, dissenting voices within the party will not work against the collective interest of the party in, in Parliament? Now we are in an era where, uh, you know, the need for uh, special, uh, how do we call it? Uh, secret voting, which has always been the concern, standing orders, have been brought to the fore. Where we see a lot of those, is it not possible that if this is not handled well, there could be a party decision? But because some people will not be happy with the leadership of Atu and Co, will not want to see them succeed, will vote against decisions and make things look bad, as we saw in Harriness' case, because there were instances where they had to vote secretly, but they voted against the party decision. For example. In the case of the uh, uh, the the, the, uh, the, the appointment of the ministers, you know, and people blame the Haruna regime for that. These same voices could say, okay, 
will do it for him to see that it wasn't Haruna, it was the problem. How, how should he handle this? Well, I think that Atu thankfully seems to know what his options are, clearly. Mm. In his first public statement, he says his focus is going to be on uniting the caucus. Mm. How does he do that? He will need the support of the Council of Elders, he will need the support of the party hierarchy, and all that. I hope and pray that he is able to walk those delicate steps mm -hmm. and to unite the caucus. Honorable Mama Ayaga tells us that people are not necessarily against Atu. Mm -hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure that, not even the change, but the manner. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is what they think, that possibly the manner did not suit mm -hmm. them. But bottom line is that Atu, has, Atu and the new leaders have a duty to themselves and to the caucus and to the party to ensure that their posturing and the way they do things would bring nothing but unity mm -hmm. and understanding and acceptance. The way they reach out to the Harunas of this world, the way they reach out to the Muntakers of this world will also go a long way. Then, of, of, of course, is the good old theory by my <laughs> brother, Alan Stubi, about control, the central, the central, central control. control. You mm -hmm. see, reality is that in as much as we as a party mm. may have disagreements within, mm -hmm. but there should be some degree of discipline mm -hmm. and the HIP system must be put in place in respect of this voting and mm. related issues. Because so it's interesting how Agbuja will put people like Haruna and Muntaka in line if, if, if they disagree on a matter. That's like saying you that see, they should go ahead and sabotage. No, you see, you see, you see um, let me tell you. Mm. I have served as chairman of a committee mm. where we, I had Honorable Ayariga, I had Hanatete, I had Harun Idrisu, I had all sorts of mm. were ministers at the time big, busy doing their shadow. But when I was in charge of constitutional legal, they all served on my committee. Mm. And I don't think that on one occasion did we have any altercation as to how work needs, needs to be done. We achieved. And but, 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 that. but the circumstances are different. What they did not remove one what I'm saying that, and put the other there. What I'm saying is mm -hmm. that when you have, you as a Haruna, mm -hmm. when you have people of a certain stature, mm -hmm. your approach to them would determine how they receive you. Mm. I'm not sure that when Mutaka became whip, he didn't have the big names in the party. Mm. There were people who he came to replace. They were mm -hmm. still in parliament. You, you understand? Mm. Leaders have changed. Imagine, imagine Honorable Bagmin not being leader and have to serve on my committee. I had to work with him. I had to go back and I had to bend back because to reach out to him mm. and, and, and tell him, guide me. Mm. And he did that graciously. You understand? Some of the very key things I learned in Parliament was because I wake up in the morning and go to Honorable Bagmin and discuss with him what the program should be and gives you direction. Honorable Kumbo did the same thing. So all I'm saying is that I am confident mm. that already they know how that their jobs are cut out for them. They know that without uh, 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 a playable or a pliant Haruna, you would mm. have problems. Without a pliant uh, Muntaka, you will have problems. Mm. So I'm sure that they will have their own mechanisms, mm. assisted by Council of Elders, assisted by the top hierarchy of the party, who will do certain. And this, you see. Or in all this, NDC has been through this over and over and over again. Why? When we went to National Congress, 
What did people expect after the Congress? Mm. Because the General Secretary was contesting a national chairman. People were waiting for the party to ban Amagadon mm. after the results <laughs> had been declared. But we've had relative peace in the party since then, mm. on, until this little uh, turmoil came up. Mm. Which it's a little, but that's it's very, I mean, it's very insignificant. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, we will, this one too will scale. Mm. And in all situations, when these things happen, the party gets stronger. Mm. So I am, look, Honorable Haruna understands the political stakes better than many of us. Mm. He knows what is at stake. He knows, and I don't believe that he would want to sacrifice the party he has helped build. I knew Honorable Haruna in Legon mm. when he was our student leader. Mm. And so, having come this far, I don't believe that he would look at an issue like being replaced as minority leader and say, then let's pull down the party. Mm. I think that Honorable Muntaka knows that this are not issues where you pull down your party because maybe you have been able to step aside. In any case, my personal philosophy is that there is no bad decision, there is no good decision in a person's life. Even when you have lost something, your focus should be on what good can I make out of it. And I believe that there are major opportunities available to all mm. of them. And like we said, General Mosquito once told me that when, if he hadn't left parliament, he would never have become General Secretary of the because he mm. never thought about it. But you see, let's also be mindful of the fact that, luckily for us, the general secretary of the NDC today, Fifi Fiafikwiti, just left parliament. Both of them, chairman yeah, and general secretary. And the chairman too has been in parliament. in parliament. Both of them have been in the executive position before. General Mosquito was a deputy minister for Greek. Honorable mm -hmm. Fifi they have held a series of portfolios. Mm -hmm. So they come with a vast, they come with vast experience. Mm -hmm. And so I am counting on them to tap into those experiences in how they relate to all the uh, stakeholders within mm -hmm. the party and I resolve see. this issue mm -hmm. so that we we'll move on hand in hand and build a stronger NDC. Mm -hmm. Because the focus will be like the Council of Elders are saying, to beat the NPP in the 2024 elections. And I'm sure nobody will compromise their personal feelings above that of the party to achieve that. Very well. So, 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 so Larry, I'll come to Mamayariga, uh, Yariga, because he's a man, and, and he, he talks to Haruna, he talks to everybody, and he's in the heat of it. So what, what, what should be happening? You foresee a situation where Atufosin will have a difficulty pulling the resources of, part of the minority caucus together? I, I don't think so. Atul and Haruna are very, very, very close friends. Mm -hmm. They are very, 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 very close friends. So <clears throat> I think that they, they, the two of them, they are in a position to know... When, when very good friends fall out, it becomes what, what exactly very serious. But I see the point is also this, that these are individuals with political, you know, Ambitions. Ambitions. Mm. Haruna, obviously, everybody, even a child is aware that Haruna has a presidential ambition. Mm. To a point that, I mean, this is the boat to which you want to, to sail through mm -hmm. to get to that destination. Mm -hmm. And so you would want to be seen, as a statement said, that building bridges, you know, saying that the party should be in a good state for tomorrow. Now, you have S. President Mahama contesting an election uh -huh. to become flag bearer uh -huh. again. I mean, you hear issues as to how, you know, 
sometimes theft war here and there, all that, all that, all that, all that. Now, I think Haruna holds the, the key towards resolving this particular matter. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if Haruna should call Mahama right now, and I'm talking about Mahama here, to mm -hmm. say that, listen, uh, Mahama, let's do this. Let's, let's even withdraw that letter from the Council of Elders and say that what the, we, we respect the party's mm -hmm. decision, okay, and that for peace to prevail, for us to build unity, for us to put our house in order to contest 2024 election. I'm sure Mahama and all the others, including Muntaka, who is obviously an interested party in all this, okay, would all pull, would all, uh, you know, pull their brakes, mm. and everything will, 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 will pipe down. I see. If he's able to, he's, so his silence is not helping matters mm. at all. People think that, oh, I mean, the silence is dignifying. The silence is not dignifying. It's rather fueling other things. And when you have uh, Muntaka coming to say that, listen, a discussion was actually held. Atu made the effort to talk to Haruna. However, things didn't come out as fruitful as Atu had portrayed during that press conference. For me, I think that uh, it's not good and that Haruna should be, be the guy who says that, listen, it is my, I said for six years, mm -hmm. okay, I said for six years, I was the leader and so on. And he, Haruna had traveled through, you know, you know, various phases of, 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 of NDC politics, mm -hmm. youth, organizer, uh, uh, organizer, organizer MP, MP, minister, minister minority, minority leader. leader, and minority leader, you've been there for six years. Mm. And so he should be the guy mounting the platform to say that, my guys, Listen, I am bigger than this. And that I need to even bring people up. And I'm saying this with, 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 with the knowledge that listen, there's sickness. Uh -huh. There's even death. Uh -huh. And so today somebody is there, and then you are occupying a very sensitive position. And something happens, and you are no longer, I mean, stricken by a certain health condition. Somebody needs to replace you. And if for six years you've been there, and he said, oh, listen, let's, you know, do this, re-engineer this thing a bit, and put us in a good position to contest an election, I'm not sure hell should break loose where there wouldn't be fruitful discussion, yeah. where people, consultations are happening, mm -hmm. that people are trying to deny and all that. I, mm -hmm. I don't think right, that, well. that is good enough. Yes, so... Um, I don't uh, know who's the key. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, um, uh, there are reasons given by the, the national chairman. I mean, obviously, I'm not sure how Haruna feels about those reasons. But Haruna holds the key. Do you believe that Haruna holds the key to resolving this crisis, if it's a crisis at all? Well, I mean, first and foremost, Haruna has never told anybody that he wants to be president. Mm. Oh, but. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think he said he, he said it's, it's, it's quite obvious in how he carries himself. That may be oh, true or false. No. Yeah. I have never said certain things to people, but I hear maybe that's how people perceive it. I hear commentary about mm. me in that light. You mm. understand? So I will reserve um, comments like mm. that. But, but it's, it's actually good because people think that he's up to it, and so people are casting him in that light. He should be. Flattered by that. No, it depends. And perhaps that should make him start it thinking about it, it depends, if he's not thinking about it at all. It depends on the context in which you mm -hmm. bring it up and how you bring it up. Mm -hmm. How you get in the situation. 
uh, if you bring it up in a context that suggests that ah, you are even looking for this and you are behaving this way, mm. you know, you. it's it's not yeah. the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. That's why from the beginning I said the man has kept quiet. You don't know why he has kept quiet. Uh, you think that he's keeping quiet is what is fueling what is happening. And I've told you that some of our colleagues say they are doing it not because of Haruna. And I've also given you evidence that some of our colleagues have been consistent about that oh. principle. Others have also actually said that they are doing it because of Haruna. Oh, Haruna well. is better placed uh -huh. to do that. Indeed, your document. Mama, just a moment. Your document talked yes. about how, you know, electoral commission is putting it's, uh, has an intention of putting a CI before Parliament. Mm -hmm. And then also government is doing uh, IMF negotiation, mm -hmm. and then the JAPA uh, deal is coming. Mm -hmm. And so this group, of which you are a member, mm -hmm. thinks, think, thinks that Haruna and then the current, sorry, the outgoing leadership are better placed, or is better placed, mm -hmm. to do this particular, uh, 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 to lead this discussion. Is that what, is that what the No, that's what, that's what the document no, is no, portraying. Is that what the, the, the document said? That's what the document is no, saying. The document said that in the face of these critical challenges, yeah. we should not mismanage the front of the caucus. Mm. I get the situation. Mm. That's what the document said. The document is not saying that it is only Haruna who can lead us through these challenges, or it is only mm. Bobo who can yeah, do so, it. It yeah, depends so, on the yeah. so, so, so you, you so, just, no, mm, no, no, because we are running out of time now. So, yes. so, 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 yes. so, so that is one thing. Now, I think everybody who is a key mm. to this, all of us, the way we communicate, mm. that is why I have said, ah, those of us who are on radio challenging the decision, we haven't done well. Those who took the decision and are on radio defending it, haven't done well. Mm -hmm. Those who have been mentioned to haven't done well. We've all fought it, okay? Let's all cease fire and give the national, uh, the council of elders, the platform to resolve the issue. Honorable, you do see this decision being reversed. Would the decision be reversed, or what it, the decision will stand? I mean, you have a lot of experience politically. I mean, from your experience, when bosses take decisions and there is fury about it, do you think in this political context the decision will be reversed, or people might just rally around the decision, make their corrections later? And move ahead. I believe that Haruna or Muntaka will be among the last people to want to see a situation where the NDC as an organization is totally undermined. Mm. I believe so. I believe so. Sometimes you, and, and then all those who have appended... And reversing their decision yeah, means those, undermining the authority of the NDC. All those who have put their names to this uh -huh. petition, I believe that also think each and every one of them will do whatever it takes to maintain the integrity of the chairman of the party, General Asedin Katia, and the general secretary uh -huh. of the party, and will refrain from doing anything that will fundamentally disable them from uh -huh. running and leading us mm. to the ultimate objective of regaining power mm. from the NPP. So let me say that 
I have confidence in the ability of the Council of Elders to manage the situation and I have no doubt that ultimately on the 7th of February when we get into the chamber we are going to fight fearlessly as one united force. Mm -hmm. When we sit there and we fight, we're not fighting just for each other. Mm -hmm. We're fighting for people sitting out there who have placed their hope and confidence in us. So we're not sitting there fighting for each other in the chamber. Now, the things that happened in the appointment of ministers, and I've consistently said this, it was a peculiar situation. When there's a secret ballot, sometimes the dynamics are completely different. different. It's difficult. Okay? You know, when it was secret ballot mm -hmm. and we're fighting for speakership. Mm -hmm. You got so a vote from the other the side. Dynamics, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, when President Akufo Adu nominates ministers, mm -hmm. ah, you don't know the relationship between those ministers and some of your people. You don't know the relationship between mm -hmm. those ministers and some of your people. And some of the people. Mm -hmm. Some of the people, they are represent entire traditional authorities. Mm -hmm. They are sitting there, their party is not in power, but the president has nominated somebody from their traditional authority and to become a minister. And the chief calls. Then the chief calls you, sir. Mm -hmm. ah, you, your brother has been nominated a minister, and you say what? That you won't vote for him. Mm -hmm. If you reject it and the president changes, will we get a son of this place becoming Very well. uh, minister? And so, that happens. Yes. Well, what happens? Yes. So we run out of time on this All matter. So, so just to confirm <laughs> that, um, you know, on, on the, on the uh, what's the name, on the 7th, it is most likely that the new guys appointed, really, they are the leaders of the party as we speak. They are your leaders now. Because the, the communication that is what of it is. the party. Mm -hmm the communication of the party to those people. Unfortunately, the communication is not to me. Very well. Okay? Yeah. Very well. Yeah, the communication but, but, is to them. Very well. And to the speaker. Sir, and there's no formal speak. communication uh -huh. to All, all to that me. will happen. All uh -huh. I will say is that I should assume knowledge of the communication by virtue of the fact that the general secretary of the party and the chairman of the party have organized a press yeah. briefing in which they say it is our decision. Once they have organized mm. a press briefing and said it is our decision, mm. as a party member, mm. I will have to take into consideration. But there's a Tuesday meeting. A there's a Tuesday meeting. Have you, have you been informed of that meeting? Did that meeting, from what people could say, is to confirm the decision of the national executive? Have you been informed of that decision? Of yes, that meeting? We, we've been told about there's a meeting. Uh, meeting yes. So you guys will go with all guns blazing to state your point if and make your point. the party calls you to a meeting, mm. you have to yeah. go. Very well. So, 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 so I think we've wrapped up this. We've had enough on this. Uh, thanks so much, um, um, my guys. Um, Honorable uh, Mahama Yariga, spoken quite very, I mean, very well. Member of Parliament for Boku Central. Honorable George Lo, uh, Senior Counsel, of course, Mahama Yariga as well. MP for North Dai. Larry Alans Dube, my colleague journalist, uh, uh, editor. Uh, the Herald newspaper and, and the, the propaganda of the Central Command Theory. And Franklin Kujo, Franklin Kujo, who will be on the next panel. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, doing the listening and, and, and viewing as well. Uh, we will come back and look at the discussion on the domestic debt exchange and the options available to government to raise um, revenue so they can leave the domestic bondholders out of, of the whole mix. Uh, this is the big issue. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Everything must change. Everything must change. Everything must change. Everything must change. City ninety seven point three.
Accra.
of adventure through 13 incredible regions of Ghana with the promise of a rich cultural experience, introspective historical visitations, and exhilarating filled days with nature. Prepare for seven amazing days. This is City 97.3. ...leadership turmoil and what uh, should be done to restore some calm on that front. Um, so we, we're moving on. We're looking at the next discussion which is the state of the domestic debt exchange program and options available to government to raise revenue. Of course, we know that government is, 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 in, a deep, is in some deep trouble. The economy is not good, not doing well. The finance minister has admitted to that. The president has admitted to that. Our debt levels are unsustainable, and debt-to-GDP ratio is about 105%. Government announced in July that it will go for an IMF program. IMF guys were in town. They did their debt sustainability analysis. It came out that Ghana is a highly debt-distressed country. And before, in order for the IMF to assist, IMF says that you need to bring your debts to sustainable levels. They say that our debt-to-GDP ratio should be around 55%, around 55% by 2028. And now began a process called it Cause it the debt operation, announced it first in the budget and said that details of that will be made available to the public. Indeed, days and weeks later, we got to hear about the debt exchange program, which spelled out details of the debt operation. Old bonds or maturing bonds will be exchanged for new ones at different rates and different uh, terms or conditions. So that is where we are now. And government has been trying to get in some key institutions and people who hold government of Ghana bonds. Initially, pension funds were part, uh, and the uh, association of banks and, and insurers and all of those were part of the bodies that were going to be affected. The trade unions said they were not going to agree for their pension funds to be involved in this. They threatened strikes and demonstrations from 27 December last year. Government had to cave in, and government took out the pension funds 
and now brought in the individual bondholders. Government initially said we're not going to be part. But government says because the pension people had left or the pension funds had been exempted, something had to come in to, to, to make up for the, the space or the vacuum created. So individual bondholders were now brought in. Yesterday, government made us aware that it has reached agreement with the three key institutions, Association of Bankers, the Ghana Insurers Association, and the, and the uh, Ghana Security Industry Association um, you know, group. And together, these constitute very key groups. The other part, which is individual bondholders, they've not been able to come to any agreement yet. Sometime the week before this one, the individual bondholders eventually got their time with the finance minister, a meeting they had called for many times. And in that meeting, the finance minister suggested the, uh, the constitution of a technical committee to look at the exclusion of individual bondholders from the DDE program. That meeting was, that committee was set up, chaired by uh, uh, Arkest, uh, Mr. Arkest, who is the director of debt at the uh, finance ministry, and uh, Dr. Idrisu and, and a few other senior who see uh, led his people. Uh, and a few, they went into that meeting, had a discussion, and later uh, a report is being produced. So the membership of that group is Mr. Samuel Arkest, uh, director of TDMD, Minister of Finance, who was leader of the GOG team, Dr. Alassane Idrisu, Director ESRD, MOF, member of the group, and then Senior Husi, convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum, leader of the Bondholders team, Mr. David Tete, who is also a convener of the Bondholders Forum member, uh, Mr. Martin Pebu, lawyer, convener, also a convener of the IBF group, and then his member, he was also in, in attendance. And also Dr. Edu Anani Entry, he is from a different group. He is a pensioners bondholders forum. And these are pensioners who say that they invested their pension funds as they took them, the bulk sum they took, they bought government bonds with it so that they can be, you know, taking their returns and be living on their returns, you know, for, for, for the rest of their lives, at least. But here is the case, all those monies will have to be added to this. So they are fighting to have that exempted because they say they are old people, they've worked their whole lives, they've saved money, and then they have now given that money or they bought government bonds, believing that it was safe and almost risk-free. But now that is not the case. In fact, they have been petitioning people. They petitioned former President Kufour a few days ago, and indeed the Individual Bondholders Forum as well is petitioning people. They also petitioned Togbe Afede um, um, a couple of days ago. So that, this is the constitution of the team. Now, of the, of the committee. The committee now is, is, is put out a report, and the report essentially is on what other avenues government can use to raise money. And the report suggested that if all the things talked about are implemented, government could save some 83.5 billion CDs, which means that if this is saved, you know, you could leave out the individual bondholders. Whether government is going to adopt this or not, we do not know. This is the subject of our discussion this morning. So um, my guests, Franklin Kujo, President of Money Africa, uh, Dr. John Kwachi, Senior Economist, Institute of Economic Affairs, they've also been suggesting some ways government could save money and raise money. Uh, Senior Hosi, who is convener of, individual, of the Individual Bond Holders Forum. Uh, Senior and gentlemen, you're welcome to the program. Thank you, Senior. All right. Uh, so, Senior, uh, 
tell us, of course, we've seen the report. How was the, uh, the reception of the ministry and the minister to the concerns and the suggestions you made? And, and, and what really did we get from the committee? Uh, we were able to present the committee's report officially to him yesterday as a, as a team. And uh, he was very pleased to have received it. If I should use his words, um, these were great recommendations and it's something Ghana must take, take up seriously or must do, uh, something of that sort, he said. Uh, so um, I think that there is a path for us to restore our economy, and that is clearly covered by the recommendations in there. Um, there will be a need for some deeper um, diving into some of the recommendations in there, and also a segmentation of what is immediate, what is medium term, and what may be long term, or what is also recurring, and what possibly are one-time interventions. So all that would have to be looked at for us to see how we can actually schedule these uh, pos possible flows uh, mm -hmm. over this period of the program. So bear in mind that the IMF program is, um, is not a one-year program. Mm -hmm. The target set is also not a one-year target. Our target is to achieve uh, uh, PV debt to GDP of 55% in 2028. So all the solutions should be able to sustain and bring value over, over the time. So... Um, uh, in typical fashion, maybe to be, to be, to be right to now say from, from the, the work we have done, typically, uh, yet as a castle, not so come there, you know, but, but we, we have to work together as a country to try and fix some of, some of these problems. Um, as to whether that is supposed to leave individuals out or DD out, um, we must have to, we must look at the entire mix. Uh, when you have a crisis like this, you have to look at the options or the tools on your table. Government has two big buckets it can deal with. It can, it can deal with its debts, see how it can reduce the debt through some restructuring or reduce the cash burden of the debts through some restructuring, or look at how it would adjust its fiscal regime, i.e. its revenue and expenditure, to create more cash to be able to pay down the debt. Either way, you're able to get your debt down. What government has focused a bit more on has been on the debt operation side, looking at the restructuring of the debt and making those who's funded it actually take um, more of the hit. We haven't seen much on the fiscal readjustment side. What this report has done is to bring a lot more visibility on what possibly can be done on the fiscal readjustment side. And, 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 you know, I must say, the work of a finance minister is very complicated. You sit in your office and then you have big responsibilities, run a budget, but you wake up every morning and then one ministry or the other may, may wrongly or, or, or rightly, largely just be fully taking you on the blind and committing you on the fiscal side. So it's a very complicated job, but he has a book that he has to balance and he's just looking for the options that may be quite quicker and then easier. And that's why you've seen the conversation be more on the debt operation side. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. I owe you um, a million. I'm going to structure it so that you are still going to have the effect of, you are going to have a million, but the effect of it is that it's 500,000. So at the, for, for me, as, a, as, as, a, as a, a finance minister, I have reduced my debt immediately mm -hmm. by, by 50. The alternative is that, okay, guys, let's look at what we are doing. Can we increase our, reduce our expenditure by, by 300, increase our revenue by, by 200 and get the same 500 and come back and just say, this 1 million debt, I'm paying you off 
then my, I also have my debt. These are the two options. It's been more the restructuring side than, than the fiscal side. And what we've put on the table is the need for us to look at the fiscal side, which I think he welcomed. And we hope to see something constructive together going forward. I see. Uh, Dr. John Kwachi. Um... Uh, let me make a note before that. Okay. You see, the reason why this fiscal reagent is very important is that if we don't get ourselves right into this frame, we'll get back into another debt crisis. It is, it is the fiscal, our, our, our less optimal management of our revenue and our expenditure behavior, this political behavior, that led us into this crisis. Mm. So when you go and just readjust your, your, your debt, and you don't change your behavior, you come back to the same to the, to situation, the, to the same situation. And you have to do another Jam debt to pressure. Jamaica is a perfect example. Mm. They did it in two years. They were back. And I'm very confident that if we don't take this conversation more seriously, we'll be back sometime. We'll be back. And it will be worse. Mm. It will be more painful. And I don't think that Ghanaians will have the tolerance for any politician. Mm. I see. Um, so, uh, uh, Dr. John Kwachi, uh, senior economist at the Institute of Economic Affairs. Um, I, I know you've been following the matters, and indeed, you, you have made some suggestions um, about how government can uh, raise revenue or save you know, cost or revenue on some of the things it does. What, what are the key highlights of, of that paper, of that document you authored or you, you shared? Hello? Hello? No, can you hear me, please? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, you know, to add to, or maybe take it from where Hosi, you know, left it, um, it should be pointed out that, um, you know, what the IMF is requiring of the Ghana government is to be able to demonstrate that our debt is going to be sustainable over the medium to long term, okay? And there are two key components or elements or requirements to, to achieve the debt sustainability. And the IMF itself has stated it clearly in their, in their communications with us. They have said that we need both fiscal consolidation and debt restructuring, both together to be able to achieve the debt sustainability. They did not talk about only debt restructuring. And they have left it to the government to decide as to how much weight to put on either of these, uh, you know, two elements. And, uh, of course, government says they have um, taken, undertaken some fiscal measures, you know, and, and, and so on. They have cut expenditure and all that. But on the fiscal adjustment side, and so they, they, they propose this uh, uh, DDE. But of course, the, the bondholders have come out, of course, to say that it is too painful. It's too, they are, they are, you know, the, the burden on them is too steep. And therefore, why don't we look at, take a look again at the fiscal adjustment side, you know, and whether there is uh, room there, you know. So, so, so that is where we, for instance, I, 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 we focus on the fiscal adjustment that can be undertaken so that you ease the burden on the bondholders by, you know, if you're able to undertake those fiscal adjustments and make some savings from there, then you can use that to mitigate the, the, the impact or tweak the DDE and therefore reduce the, the effect on the bondholders. So we looked at expenditure measures, 
uh, you know, uh, tax measures and so on. And we came up with a rough figure. We didn't look at even the audit, uh, you know, how much can be saved, you know, by, you know, by enforcing the audit, you know, and then also other other um, like corruption, doing things about corruption, and we couldn't quantify. We didn't even go into those. So we came out with a more conservative figure of forty-five billion. Mm. Um, this this is annually, you know. In other words, if government that took expenditure and um, uh, tax measures, they could together save about forty-five billion annually. Mm. Okay. So what we didn't. Um, we, we, you know, we couldn't actually work out was how much savings will be realized under the DTE. This is something that we, we still want. Uh, I mean, we are, we are we are going to look at. Uh, in other words, under the existing bonds, if government were to pay the existing bonds according to their coupons and then their maturity profile, it will cost government a certain amount. Now, under the DTE, it will cost government less. So how much savings is going to is going, a government going to make? Mm. Now that figure, uh, Hosi says, is available. I've not been able to get my hand on it, but if if I got it, I can then compare with my the forty five that I have come up with on the on the fiscal side, and then to be able to tell government that you know, so if you took these fiscal measures, you make so much savings. You know, you can even use it to offset, you know, how much you were going mm. to save. Or mitigate from the DDE, and as such, we can tweak the DDE and make it less burdensome. Okay, and we came up with uh, we tweaked we tweaked it a little bit and said uh, we should reduce the maturity, the lifespan that has been suggested under the DDE from 15 years to 10 years. There should be no moratorium. In other words, you know, government is going to have a moratorium of uh, four years before re re repaying the principal. So we said, no, do away with the moratorium. And also the coupons, which uh, begin with 0, 0.5 and then graduated upstairs until t uh, to 10.65. We said, you know, do an average of 8 to 12 uh, um, uh, percent over the lifespan, the 10-year lifespan. So that is what uh, we have we have come up with. In other, we are saying that there should be more fiscal, more attention on fiscal consolidation. You know, of course, the IBF has come up with a, a much bigger figure of eighty-four. Okay, so do more fiscal consolidation so that you can mitigate, uh, you know, the DDE and lessen the burden on bondholders, and then also the impact. On the economy as a whole. I I see. Um, I'll, I'll get back to you. But you're just telling me that the figure government is trying to deal with is about seventy billion of of, of that's okay. what they are trying okay. to, to to save. But I'm sure he will elaborate on that a bit. Okay. Later. Um, so so Franklin, um, for I mean, when you see what Dr. John Kwachi is is saying and what the IBF to is proposing, it, it appears they are the medium to long-term things, but it also appears that the finance minister wants to deal with the low-hanging fruit. He has a situation on his hands. He wants quick solutions right now. How do you marry these two quick solutions to deal with the problems right now and now, and, and now to uh, start implementing things which will take you quite some time to do? So, for example, the 
issue about property taxes. Government has always said that. But the IBF is saying that government stands to raise some 1.1 billion, for example, um, from um, expediting reforms to enforce property taxes. We all know that. But I think in the mind of the finance ministry people, this would take a bit of time. They have to prepare the grounds. They have to do this, do that, do that before they get here. Also, government exercising its right under the ACA Petroleum Agreement, for example, that's going to, that's projected to raise some 5.6 billion. It doesn't, a, a year, and, and that's even a year. And it doesn't appear like it's something that government can just do. Maybe a few things would have to be done before. But I think Ken Oferata is looking at how do I get the commitment right now to get this IMF program going? How do you marry these two very laudable points made by uh, Senior Hosi or the IBF and Dr. John Kwachi and the um, IEA? But Ken Oferata and Co. also have a problem on their hand to resolve now. How do you marry the two? Well, good morning to uh, Senor and uh, Dr. Kwachi again. And Senor and the uh, team has been phenomenal in doing this work uh, for the bondholders. I must admit that for the entire country as well. You know, this is like the shadow EMT, by the way. Uh, if you look at the work, the uh, <laughs> uh, I know the EMTs probably seem to be gagged, but uh, this bond bondholders, uh, for which I'm a proud member, uh, has managed to probably speak their mind. And, and look, to the question you asked, there must be pragmatism and politics, and I, I get that. But you see, it's the politics that has gotten us into this world, the politics of quick fixes and jumping over what ought to be done. Don't forget that the last IMF program that we had, there were levels, structural, you know, benchmarks that we were supposed to um to, 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 to basically yield to before we jumped on the program. As at the time the government was exiting the program after that KK party, only three, just about two and a half have been, have been, uh, been, uh, yielded to, right? Against fantastic claims of trying to generate billions out of uh, oil revenues and then some other things around the collateralization of bauxite and public, uh, what's it called? Public sector reform, which never really materialized. You understand? So for me, look, the, the, the suggestions that have been made by the IBF in this, in this tripartite, sorry, in this technical, joint technical committee, are a root and stem approach to dealing with the economy once and for all. The structure of the economy once and for all. Because if the structure is weak, that's what gets us into these quick fixes. So I can understand the finance minister may be in a hurry in order to fix uh, the, the bedlam, the, the trouble he's uh, superintended upon. But he cannot do that on the author of sound economics. And that's the arena in which the likes of Dr. John Kwachi and uh, Senor and all the people are associated with intellectually uh, play, including the media, by the way. So we should, we should, we should, in fact, the, the current call should be based on, and the media must emphasize and actually... Um, should I say, popularize this opinion or viewpoint that, look, where we are right now, we don't need quick fixes because the problem will come back and bite you. But people have suggested, I think Senor mentioned a while ago, and I think my own Bryce Simmons has said that if we don't get these things properly, we might have multiple defaults, and that's not what we want, right? So the measures that have been proposed by the IBF are a root and stem approach to dealing with the fundamentals of how to fix a country on the revenue side, on the expenditure side. If you don't get that done, then you'll be in trouble. 
how long have we been talking about the property rights uh, regime? I must admit, though, that I got uh, some messages from the technical guys uh, championing this project yesterday or so. They sent me some uh, propaganda material showing that the, the property tax thing is, is taken off. And I've seen their work when they did some pilots in a few uh, uh, metropolitan areas, and the money is the gamut. We have even lowered the estimation to about a billion and one I mean, the bondholder, the technical committee report is suggesting just a little over a billion cities this year. If, if, if we're looking at an average, uh, amount of about 2.2 million, uh, if you like, households in this country. Even that I have a problem, I was telling Senor the other day that the property rights, sorry, the property tax does not take into cognizance the value of the land. But for starters, we can, we can start with just average of a thousand cities per, per household. I'm not saying every household pay thousand. It's an average. So that people do not think that we've got to start a government that they should charge every household thousand cities. That's not the point. But these are clear indicative Proposals as to how to deal with an economy of the, the nature that we have. For far too long, politicians have taken this country for a ride in populism, in what I call making uh, sloganeering their way into development, and that's not, that's that's what must cease. If we do not tame this runaway, you know, sloganeering political uh, st- structures that we created for ourselves. We might get you continue to be in this downward spiral of just quick fixes and, 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 and then get ourselves further deeper in the hole. I don't think it's the interest of my good friend Ken to leave a legacy that just said, Oh, I managed to get the debt program and to hurl at the other structural benchmark that must be. The bondholders forum and the technical committee proposals constitute what I think are the critical structural benchmarks that must be you know, that must be resolved in order to get this country on the path of real sustainable economic governments. It's not, it's not just for ourselves. When I look at the recommendations that have, that have been made, and I was just a small flower on the wall, by the way, to, to uh, I mean, uh, a lot of the heavy lifting was done by senior and the guys. And, and I, and I look at it critically. I ask myself, why did we even have to, we have enough brains in this country. And I dare say that the finance ministry and the government are aware about these things that ought to be fixed. But for the, for, for the sake of politics, they will be temporarily dissolved and will not be fixed over time. If you have a 8, 20, how many, 15-year uh, window to fix your debt restructuring or whatever you call it, you can get these things done within five years if you, are, if you are truly serious, right? So I don't think anybody should be fooled into thinking that when politics and pragmatism meet, politics must triumph at the peril of the, of the entire country. It is pragmatism that must hold sway. And I dare say that the solutions that John Kwachi, the solutions as detailed as the IBF has made, which are called the real blueprints of the economic management team, or the shadow economic management team, I must say, um, really is the one that ought to be emphasized right now. We should hold these things as a, as a flag, wave it across the entirety of this country, and let everybody sign on to it. And, and, I, and I applaud the media for doing their part as well. Um, you must not relent. But this is the only real chance to have our country back from the politicians. I, I see. And the CDD has also been doing some work on, on reducing the size and cost of running government. And they've also made some interesting uh, uh, points regarding uh, 
re regarding what can be done to to save the government some some cost or cost of running itself. Um, yes. So I I, I will even before I, come to so, yes, before I come to Senior Wilson, let, let me cross as I did say earlier that we will have to cross over to uh, the Africa Prosperity Dialogue at Pediasi on TV whilst we remain on radio. So I think the guys that are ready, uh, the, the, that program is about starting. So our TV viewers, we are crossing over to Pediasi, but we'll continue the discussion on 97.3 CTFM. We are looking at, uh, so, so TV, thank you so much. Uh, so we're looking at the, uh, the debt restructuring program and what uh, suggestions are available, or what options are available to government. Uh, yes, uh, the, the prosperity, Africa Prosperity Dialogue, at Pediasi. No, but, but that, that is a program, so. <laughs> So, I mean, the debt exchange program and what options are available to government to raise funds. The IEA, uh, Dr. Kwachi and his people have done a fantastic job raising some issues. The IBF itself, the Individual Bondholders Forum, have also done some work uh, saying that government could save some 83.5 billion, uh, uh, billion CDs or so if they follow through some of the things we're, we're doing. Mind you, government is seeking to uh, deal with 137 billion in its debt, uh, that's what they're seeking to restructure. And uh, they say that they need about 80% of the, the total, you know, to 80% to of the total before they can proceed. Senior Hosi and his people are saying that we are just about 11%. Take us off. If, if you take us off, we will, be, we, will be, we will be fine because you have 89% to deal with. So that is a discussion as we speak. And Senor Hosi and his people have, through the meeting or the committee set up by the finance ministry and themselves, uh, put out some interesting suggestions, which we will have to go through and, 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 and look at that in conjunction with what I, uh, IEA2 is doing and see what government can get from that. So, so Senor, uh, so maybe we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, I'll let Senor Hosi go through uh, the fiscal adjustment, readjustment measures they are, they are suggesting to government. And then Dr. Kwachi will also weigh in, and then we'll see what government can do about that. This is still a big issue. Don't go away.
to the big issue uh, on 97.3 CTFM. Um, we're looking at uh, the domestic debt exchange program. Deadline for uh, signing up to the program is 31st uh, January. That deadline, I mean, it's, it's, it's an extension of what we, we had before in December and another deadline. And now this is a deadline. This appears like the final one uh, because three key groups, the Association of Bankers have signed up. The Ghana Insurance Association has also signed up. And last night we got a statement from the a joint statement from the Finance Ministry and the Ghana Securities Industry Association that they've also signed up on some terms I'll read to you um, later. So, Senor, you, you talked about fiscal. So, my, my guest this morning, looking at these options, are Senor Hussi, who is convener of the uh, um, Individual Bondholders Forum, uh, Dr. John Kwachi, who is the uh, who is senior economist with the Institute of Economic Affairs, and then Franklin Kuju, President of Emmanuel. Person 
stay in power forever. What is it that makes a person wanna stay in power forever? What is the reason for a man to want force his will upon our lives? What is the reason for a man to want force his will upon our lives? Immobilizing people and, and suggesting how government can, can deal with the matter. Uh, uh, IES John Kwachi has also done some good work on that, and a few other people. The CDD has also proposed some measures for reducing the size and cost of running government, etc. So, uh, uh, the, when the IBF met the, the committee, the joint committee set up by government and IBF, to listen to the IBF guys on the suggestions they had, they, they, they had a number of things to say. They called it the fiscal readjustment measures. It's into revenue and expenditure. So, Senator, I, I want you to help, help us, take us through uh, some of the measures. So, for example, the first one you have here, you said it's, going to, it's likely to raise uh, some 104 million cities to enforce the filing of interest or coupon income on corporate instruments like ESLA, DACHI, bonds, uh, cocoa bills, etc., as part of the personal income tax and effect uh, the 25% tax related to, to income. Alternatively, revise the 1% withholding of the related securities to 20% and make it final and deductible at source. This creates an additional revenue of about 104 million for the current fiscal year. What really do you mean by this, and, and how do you think government can go about this? Okay, so I work you too. So with that, um, mm -hmm. your coupons from corporate bonds today mm -hmm. for individuals are subject to a 1% withholding tax okay. held on account. Mm -hmm. But you're supposed to file it as part of your PIT, your personal income tax, mm -hmm. at the end of the year, and then you pay 25%, save the 1% mm -hmm. that you actually okay. um, have have had withheld. So which most people don't do. So if government decides to enforce this one, this one just mm -hmm. has to do with the corporate tax, mm -hmm. the corporate uh, bonds like ESLA, mm -hmm. DACHE, and COCO bills. Um, if government does that, it should be able to just get over mm -hmm. this. And this is very conservative because there are other private mm -hmm. uh, bonds like the AFB one and, and all that. So, okay. So that's, that's, it can make that. And that's an immediate thing. Okay. All right. The next one you have there is the oil production. Mm -hmm. There are a number of things that government needs to do. I know they've discussed and negotiated a few things with Chalo, as well if you look at the Chinibua, uh, mm -hmm. Chinibua um, part of the 10. The 10 field has really crashed. Mm. Um, and there's some investments to be made. But I think government may be waiting up on a, was it a, a signature bonus or something of that sort to have this done. But it's from 2019 to now, we've not moved this process forward. This process was supposed to help us restore our production. So I think government should be engaging quickly the uh, the oil producers so we can resolve this matter. And then we should be able to start seeing a part of this $300 million coming back into our kitty this year. And that, that should give us some $3.6 billion. That, yes, that's so $300 million. Dollars, yes, and we're using a $12, mm -hmm. a 12, 12 cities to a dollar mm -hmm. um, factor. Okay. Um, I want to plead with politicians. This is, these are serious economic issues. There are not time for ego and for rent-seeking. Mm. This is not a time for it. People should really be focused on how we can actually move this country forward. Mm. Well, crisis, the crisis is real. Mm -hmm. But for us to solve it, we, have, we need to have real problems and committed people. We can have an agreement, amendments down to the existing production, um, the, the PAs that Talo and Co. have over these fields for us to accommodate this to happen. And then we are dragging out arguing over peanuts mm. where we are losing so much. So I think that some action should be taken. The next one there is uh, the ICA one. ICA has had to start put up a POD, I think sometime in 2019, which they haven't done. 
All right. Now they argue um, uh, COVID, all kinds of stories every time. Government needs to exercise its right. It's either you are in or out. out. Every day, the way Ica behaves, it's quite obvious. It's, it came to speculating, hoping oh. to get the finest of all these, which actually it currently has, and hoping to maybe flip it. You know, but it's serious business. If they are not willing, we need to get the right parties that would really do it. And when the POD is up, within three years, you should be able to start really realizing your oil. Um, Talo and, um, and, and its uh, partners, they did that under, under less, than, less than three years. Mm-hmm. And the discovery was in 2008. Production started in 2010. You know, so so some 5.6 billion CDs so like we are losing this it. every year mm-hmm. by entertaining yes. you know, this grammar. And it's because the friends that ICA has are very powerful people. Mm-hmm. So instead of us focusing on what is interest, in the interest of Ghana, we are thinking about the friends that ICA has. <laughs> so ICA, if you are hearing, we are losing tolerance for you. Mm. Very soon, we'll occupy ICA. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, yeah, expedite reforms. Yes, to expedite. Now, the other one had to do the VAT. Mm-hmm. You, you, you heard the GRA itself talking about invigilation pushing VAT up by a thousand percent. So we said, look, what you have provided here this year is, is practically inflationary provision against your last year expenditure, um, mm-hmm. about VAT. Prices have gone up. So if prices have really gone up by that inflationary factor, you are making that same provision. You have not done anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. But if you have this invigilation things going on, we should be able to realize at least 15% more than the provision we have now. And that's 3.5 billion, billion that we are provided for. Mm-hmm. That is not next year. That is not 10 years. It's not, it is today. today. All right. Then you take the other one there. We were talking about the, the irregularities and then that report is there. Mm-hmm. Money has done so much work. Uh, frankly, may make comments on that. 13.9 billion. Go and change the money. But more, more often than not, when you change the money, means you have to change your own people. Yeah. And that's where people get it wrong. So is it politics that should, should super, to, super, supersede the interest of the country? Now, the politics has caused us problems. And now you're asking everybody else to pay. So if you're asking everybody else to pay, then please start chasing your people and collecting your money. And those who are not your people to chase them, anybody who has the money, collect the money. Petroleum tax evasion, same, same, same. We all know what the problem is. We know the people in there, but politicians lack the will to really do it. Mm. We take, and that again is a today matter. Mm-hmm. Then the state-owned enterprises, I think the uh, public enterprises uh, ministry has already done a lot of work on this particular matter. I think KPMG has a report on it. Uh, we should be able to move that forward. That again is a today matter. The tier two funds where we're t- recommending that we look at some SOEs like ECG. Whether we hate PDS or not. The truth is that when PDS took over, under and was had an MD who was just the same MD of, of ECG some years back, mm-hmm. the collections went up, the cost went down, the amitab cost were, was was practically half of what mm-hmm. ECG has been doing. So mm-hmm. my brother, there's a certain efficiency with privatization, which our current system does not deliver and creates cost to us with a lot of technical losses. So I think our recommendation is that we have to look for some of these strategic assets. Yeah, Let them go back to the tier two pension funds so that it still belongs to the people of Ghana. You don't have just one man who is controlling it and okay. then, you know, becomes quite, quite, quite unnecessarily powerful monopolistically with politics and rent seeking going in there. So the value retains to the people of Ghana. Uh-huh. So if you have that done, we should go to let ECG go, Ghana re, uh, what the name, uh, re, reinsurance, a number of, of these c- companies actually go get off the back of government and actually sustain and generate income. Government to get it over 20 billion cities today. 
but still the control and ownership was still retained within the broader people of Ghana. Mm-hmm. It's not to say the, the pension funds themselves will be running, but you'll be using proper professional managers to run their institutions. Then the boss margin recommended that the boss margin should be turned into a levy and not what you currently have where a margin goes to boss. Boss is a, it's a limited liability company, people forget. It's not a corporation of state. Mm-hmm. It's a limited liability company. And that limited liability company is operating today under, under com- commercial parameters. So what is the reason taxing the people, taxing people to pay boss 300 million cities a year? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. To turn it to a levy and add it to the revenue to help cushion the kind of challenges you currently have. Then the next one was on royalties. We didn't put an estimate there. But the standard is five. I think for the negotiated ones, they are standing around three, four. Uh, subject to what kind of skill, whatever skill you have there. But I'll tell you something. That recently, in your mind, that, was, that has been given out to the Canadians also. This company went out raising funding and it put out this prospectus. Mm. In less than five months, it is recovering all its investments. Mm. The internal rate of return on that, in that project is 224%. Wow. How much is Ghana getting? 5 or 10%. Hmm. So there's some, some, some re- review of how we manage our extractive sector. That has to be considered for us to optimize revenue for Ghana. If you go to a place like Canada, you may see 20%. We are recommending that we move our standard to 15 and rather make the environment friendly for people to want to come here. The excessive rent and I must know somebody must stop. Let people freely come here, do business legitimately, mm-hmm. pay us our money and move. On the expenditure side, we looked at the provision. There's a 23 billion provision being made for power sector shortfalls. Mm-hmm. And you are making that because there's a lot of technical losses. Every percentage Loss is about 100, uh, 100 million cities. Mm. Now, with the tariffs going up, it means it's even way more. So, if government rather deals with the technical losses, we should be able to save more than 3 billion. You look at the other one with the subsidies on, 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 on premium fuel. Last year or uh, so, we, we spent less than 150 million cities on premix. So, if you are budgeting it for this time, I think that capping it at 200 is just fine. Most of these premix that we have gets smuggled back into the regular system. People mix it to regular petrol and sell it at filling stations. So there's a lot of corruption there. If you are a fisherman, let us register you. Get a target as what kind of productivity you must have. Mm-hmm. Then you get a discount coupon. So you go to the market and buy your premise at a commercial rate, save for your discount. That will control the waste and will also cap government's exposure. Government cannot keep the, the subsidy open-ended. It's not sustainable. The other one, too, was the capital expenditure. We've increased our capital expenditure by about $12 billion, a 76% increase. Mm-hmm. From, In the from time the that year. you are broke, who mm-hmm. does that? When you are broke, is that when you spend more? Because there are needs to be met. Roads must be built. You know, roads must be built. Other things must be done. Yeah. So you don't go and steal money from the private sector to say you want to do that when the people have already paid their taxes. Mm. So if you can't, you have to prioritize what you have. I think that we can. We should actually even build maybe twenty cathedrals then. <laughs> yeah, because and create twenty new tourist sites. There are all kinds of fanciful things we can all keep in our heads. But the key thing is what is sustainable for us at any given point in time. Mm-hmm. Now you don't go and increase your capital expenditure when you can't afford it. So what we've proposed is that, look, maintain your capital expenditure of last year. One, the key things you want to do is to cut your foreign finance capital expenditure. Because the foreign finance one is increasing your debt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. cut it into two. 
you provide 16 billion, mm -hmm. do eight. Then the unknown ABFE, that is where you actually have the people buying the V8 inside this capital expenditure. They want to cut it into two. As for the APFA one and the project, the one of the key projects the president has, right now, the, the government has, is the Tamamoto Way. It's mm -hmm. a fantastic project. Yeah. You know, to some extent, it may be debated that you may self-sustain it. That's fair. I think as a committee, we agreed and let that slide. So that alone could save us about some 10.7 billion. billion. Then you look Start at us. Funds. At, we are sending 820 million to MIF. For what? Hmm. Japan is not happening. Mm. Forget it. It won't happen. Mm. Anyone daydreaming. If Japan could have solved our problems, we wouldn't be here. Mm. So what are we sending 820 million to MIF for? What is it that MIF is doing that couldn't be done between the ministry and the minerals commission or possibly the... Give us more details. Hafiz, thanks for joining us. Tell us what exactly is happening. Has the, have they been buried? Hello, Hafiz. We are able to establish, but we will definitely speak to Hafiz. We'll try and establish him again over the phone lines. Uh, he's going to tell us how the burial of the police officer who died with his wife and baby at Apamwase in the Ashanti region is ongoing. But in other news, Secretary General of the Africa Continental Free Trade Area, Wamkele Mene, has announced the establishment of a dispute resolution unit within the AFCTA Secretariat to deal with all trade disputes among member countries. Mr. Menes says the move has become necessary following series of complaints over unfair trade laws by member countries. Speaking at the presidential session of the African Prosperity Dialogue, Wam Kalemene says trade among African countries must be fair. Now, the Pong Katamansung Municipal Health Directorate has disclosed that victims of the Yellow CC Wache food poisoning incident have been discharged from health facilities under their watch. Over 50 people were affected last Friday after consuming the popular delicacy Wache, whilst others ate rice and tomato stew. Speaking to City News, the Pong Katamansung Municipal Health Director, Dr. Esther Presla Biamadankwa, indicated that her outfit is yet to receive laboratory results on the actual cause of the foodborne disease outbreak.